Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Boy, I was a confident little thing back there 12 years ago. Or, no, God, how many, too many years, you guys when I first made that recording. And it's funny, over the years I've joked about redoing our intro and I just have never done it. And and uh, <laughs> maybe one of these days, you know, maybe do a whole, you know, someone can, someone can, wants to come up with some ideas and maybe do a whole uh, updating on the show, the logo, the whatever. Um, then it wouldn't be like, you know, the normal comfortable pair of jeans place, would it? If we start changing everything, I don't know. I don't know. You guys help me think about that. Let me know what you think. Okay, so I'm really excited. It's going to be a really fun night. First of all, welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe, open mic poetry show. And it's really funny. I'm sitting here and I'm getting ready for the show. And kind of to give you an idea of my setup here, um, I have my studio stuff. And then I have on the right side, I have a outline of what I say at the beginning of every show so I don't get mixed up. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, then beside that, I have a spiral notebook that I write down when I'm looking at the switchboard. I write down your numbers. So if something happens and one of your calls drop and you get back in line, then you don't lose your place. Um, so I have that. And then on the that was on the right. And then on the left hand, I've got a notebook where I write down ideas or thoughts during the show. Like when you're reading, if I hear something, I'll jot it down on the paper so that when you're done, I can go back and and comment on that and not forget because everything you say, the next breath is even more exciting than the one before. (laughs) Um, And then I have a sketch pad, like a doodle pad. And while you guys are reading and stuff, I sit there and I doodle on this piece of paper and I don't know why, but it helps me concentrate better. It helps me listen. You know, if my, I don't understand. Maybe it's like a fit, one of those fidget stones or something like that. Um, but I actually took a picture of the one last week and I, cause I thought it'd be really fun. I'm going to post it later on, but I thought it'd be really fun for you to look at the pictures and the doodles I did and see if you could pick out specific people or poems that were read or something like that and say, Oh, I know why she doodled that. It can be like a, a mystery. Um, so I was going to post a picture of that, but so I've got my little doodle pad. But then I realized the notepad that I write my normal stuff down is full. I don't have any blank pages to go to. So I go to grab another one, and I've got this uh, box next to the my desk that has those, the, all my notebooks in it. And I'm looking at all these notebooks saying, I should go through these because I don't need to keep all this. You know, it's just numbers and things. And But then I start looking at it, and I, there's a line written down in, in a line of poetry, and it'll have someone's name. And then underneath it will be something written. And sometimes it's weird when the way inspiration hits you and where, when, and how, and what happens when, when it just smacks you. And every once in a while, you guys will say something. It will absolutely gobsmack me, and something in my head clicks. And while you're reading, I'm writing down the thought that you provoked, something that you made me think about. And so I'm reading, looking through these notebooks, and I'm seeing a bunch of stuff in here. And there's so much little doodles and writings and stuff in here. And it's like... Did I write that, or was that something that I responded to somebody else? It sounds familiar. 
or is that something I wrote down that they read? So it's like I have no clue. I'm going to have to start, what, signing my scratches? <laughs> or, you know, writing, I'm sure I'm start writing your guys' name, the things that you write. Um, but it's, 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 I can't use any of it because I don't know. It's stuff from years and years and years ago, 14 years ago. I have notebooks from talking to you guys. I'm not going to remember that far back. Anyway, I just thought it was really funny that, you know, maybe you would, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened to you where you jot something down and you go, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know where that came from. And, yeah, so I'm looking at these. I'm going to have to do something with them, go through them. Oh, I hate going through papers. I am a paper hoarder, I think. You know, I've got, I've got stuff that I've written from back in high school and grade school, as a matter of fact. I have this story. Oh, God, I'll tell you the story. No, I don't, no I'll tell you now. I have this story <laughs> that I, I wrote back when I was in like the third grade, fourth grade maybe, no, no older than that because my handwriting's really, really crappy. And it, the story has this, at the top of it, I drew a picture of a little house and then some little kids running in the yard and then a person standing by another house or garage in the background, right? And this whole story is about how I like to kidnap children and keep them in my basement to do chores but that I'm not a very good kidnapper because they keep getting away I'm going to have to find that to you and read that to you now but but think about that I wrote that when I was a kid what kind of kid writes that stuff but because I don't throw anything away I found it and I was reading and I was like oh my god I, I seriously need to help maybe you guys shouldn't hang out don't tell your mom about that she might not let you hang out with me anymore all right I'm really excited to be here it's uh it's been a long fun week Lots of adulting in my brain going on and and things that are taking my attention and sometimes that gets kind of hard and but i uh I get to come here Thursday nights and absolutely just I can't multitask you know you're you're in my head, I get to chill, I get to listen to you guys, I get to spend time with you, and you have no idea how much I look forward to this, so I'm real excited it's going to be a great night tonight. I want to give you the number real quick, just in case you would like to call in and read. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Call in, and we'll be able to get you on the air just a little bit. I do want to go over some announcements and things before we get started, however. I want to let you know that if you're interested in putting in uh, putting on a writer's workshop with us, shoot me a message, probably easiest way, Facebook if you're not on my contacts list, it's Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you'd like to put together. They can be, uh, the shows can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on how much time you need. And we can do them partially pre-recorded, or we can do them live or a combination of both, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you need someone to want me to host with you so we can have a dialogue during them, that's great. We can do that. Otherwise, if you want to, you know, just do it by yourself, just set up your outline and I'll set up the mic and you go. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, this, you don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. You know, basically, as I prove weekly, <laughs> because I learn from you guys all the time, we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. We all have something to give each other. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me know what you'd like to do, and we can we can set that up. I want to thank our sponsors real quick. We are at the end of our 2019 broadcasting year, and I want to thank all of our sponsors who helped support the plate last year and, and helped sponsor our broadcasting license for the year. That's James, one sapien, 
uh, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Ponchapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Engs. Thank you guys so, or yeah, Michael. Um, thank you guys so much, so much for being, uh, for, for doing that for us. And we just appreciate you on behalf of us and the entire community. Thank you. Uh, we will be starting our fundraiser here in a week for our 2020 casting license. So if you would like to help sponsor the show, we would just absolutely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we can go from there. All right. Next thing, I always do uh, at the beginning of the show. I always do some some things that you can work on with as a writer. So if you're ever sitting there one night and you're wondering, oh, I don't know what to write about, or I need an idea, or something, you know, you, you get a hiccup. Turn on any of the shows for the last 14 years. First 15 minutes of the show, oh, we didn't do it actually. We did it the first couple of years, but the first 15 minutes of the show. Uh, I give out prompts and assignments and idea starters and things like that. So professional taking a drink of water while you I'm talking to you guys, but you know, we're chill like that. So anyway, <laughs> things that you can do to uh, help push your pen a little bit. The exercises, we're going to start with the writing. Um, let's do the journal assignment first. So you should have a journal, spiral notebook, actual journal, pen and paper, whatever it is. Uh, I don't want you doing this on a backlit screen. I don't want a keyboard. I don't want a phone. I want your hands dragging across the paper. I want the pen scratching into the fibers. I want that, that smell of the ink. I want you to feel that scratch when you're writing. You write differently when you write that way. And it's a scientific fact. I'm not just making All right. I really am making this up, but it sounds too good to not be true. So I bet if we Google that, there is scientific proof that you think differently. I know you think differently. Therefore, it's true. So, yeah. We're just going to leave that one at that. <laughs> but, yes, a journal. Write in a journal. Write on paper. Uh, you, trust me. It'll be different. It, it just, it's just different. I could prove it to you. Any of you that wants me to prove it to you, get a hold of me, and we will set up the test. Okay. So, anyway, <laughs> what I'm giving you is ramblings. And, basically, what you do is you take this statement, this sentence, this whatever you want to call it, thought, idea. You write it at the top of your paper, and then you just keep going. So you write down the, the actually the rambling for this week, the sentence for this week is, I closed my eyes and just, I closed my eyes and just. So write those words and then keep going. Write for at least 10 minutes. Write anything, anything that comes to mind. Okay, just, you know, it's brain vomit, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, this, this really is important as a writer to do this every day, to think of something, to just sit down and write for a few minutes. You know, even if it's just, you know, Dear Diary Bitch Fest, you know, God, I can't believe I have to go on oh, that stupid meeting, blah, 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 whatever. If you do that every single day, you will not believe the difference as a writer and a person, actually. Um, but it helps clear your head. It helps, you know, getting that stuff just written out, just whatever. Boom, this is what I'm writing. And and sometimes, you know, you take off in a fear. You create a side grab, you and you go running. Or sometimes it's just a blah. But, yeah, just start with words. I closed my eyes and just, and then just keep writing for at least 10 minutes. All right? And, uh, yeah, have fun with that one. <laughs> 
get things put on paper, then they, don't, they aren't sitting there nagging at you. Free writing. Free writing is important. Write your grocery list. I don't care. Do it. I closed my eyes and wrote down my grocery list. Now the paper's all messed up and blah, 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 what, 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 what. Okay. Next. <laughs> also, oh, yeah, that's right. You did have, remember, we gave you a journal assignment. Make sure I go over that. We gave you a journal assignment at the beginning of the year as well, a year, one for the entire year. And I don't care if you're hearing this for the first time tonight, then this is where your year begins. It doesn't have to be January 1st. Okay. So if you're hearing this for the first time, your, your, your year begins right now, today, this moment. So every single day of the year, I want you to write a haiku. I want you to go out there and look at life and find something worth 17 syllables. Every single day, write a haiku. By the end of about a year, you've got you know, 365 poems, haikus. Some of them are going to be crap. <laughs> Some of them will just be whatever. But I bet you could pick out 50, 60 of those. And by the end of that, those days, you could actually have a haiku book ready to publish. How fun would that be? All right, so that is your journal assignment your, for the entire year. Just, and if you miss a day, don't give up. You don't get a stop. That's not an excuse. It's not a crutch. That just means you've got one more day to add on. Go. Boom. Get after it, soldier. <laughs> All right, the next thing we're going to go over is your writing exercises. Now, writing exercises are different than free writing because free writing, you're basically getting one-on-one -on -one time, face-to-face -face time, you know, feeling the spit from each other FaceTime with your muse, your brain. You know, this is a time when you get that inner dialogue that has the freedom because nobody ever sees your journals. You know, you get that, that free, open, tangible dialogue with your brain and your muses, muses, and you can all come out and just, there you are. An exercise is meant to push you out of that place, out of that comfort zone, to take you new places. It's meant to push you, to make you think of things you wouldn't normally think of, write about them in a way you wouldn't normally write about them. Okay? It's your, it's your push-ups. It's your, you know, your, your jogging, whatever it is. It's meant to make you get stronger. And so what I've been giving you for your writing exercise is writing to a scenario. So instead of, it's different than a prompt, or an idea, or a, you know, really a picture, maybe kind of compared to that. But instead of saying this is your prompt and giving you a solid concrete thing, I give you a scenario, an idea, a thought, you know, and you have to build around that. So I'm like giving you the setting, but you have to fill in the meat and potatoes. So like, you know, for example, in the White House would be one. Well, what about it? That tells you nothing, so you have to fill in everything in. And it's really fun to do this. And, and the reason that it's important to do exercises like this is, well, I'll get into that in a second. Let me, give you, let me tell you what it is first. No, let me do this. <laughs> what am I doing? Where am I going? Oh, through the rabbit hole. Oh, let's start down here. So these, these exercises, writing twist scenario, they can be done in like freeform writing or a story or a prose Anything but a poem, unless one really jumps out and then, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to write it, but that's not what this is meant for. This is not what we're doing here. Um, basically, I want you to write anything but a poem. You know, this is, though, though this, this, this exercise, um, you, you kind of have to give it more thought than like true free writing. But once you pick the direction you want to go, I want you to not overthink it. I want you to just kind of let the ideas spill out and sort it all, sort it all out later. You know, just, just get it out on paper, and then you'll be good. 
Um, so don't overthink it, but just write to that scenario. So the scenario that I'm going to have you, the scenario that I'm going to have you write to this week is, I would like you to write about yourself or a character or an object experiencing deja vu. See, so it's not as tangible. It's not like a purple cup, but it's a situation, and you have to fill in everything. It's like a whisper or a breeze. What's on that breeze? You know, what's being carried by that breeze? So your scenario this week is write about a character, you, or an inanimate object experiencing deja vu. All right. Now, now, oh, let's see. Where are we going? I talked about hiccups. I just had a hiccup. How adorable, huh? <laughs> the next thing that I want to do, so that is your journal assignment. That is your writing exercise. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is give you your prompts. So when I said before, I didn't want those to be poems. They are not supposed to be poems. You know, it's, it's important for you to know that every time you sit down, you do not have to write a poem. You are a creative soul. That's what you are. One of your creative outlets, writing. That's one of the things that you do. Poetry is one of the brushes in that palette. But that's not the only thing that you do. That is not your, the only thing that defines you. you know, so don't be afraid to let your brain wander outside into different areas. Because by doing that, what you're bringing back into that area makes you that much, much, much more full, you know, it's going to make you a better poet. The more you experience, the more input you have, the better poet you're going to be. So it's fun to do other things and give yourself that freedom because it just takes some pressure out of your head. You know, every time I sit down, I have to write a poem. No, you don't. You just have to have fun with words. You just have to write. That's why there's no such thing as, as writer's block. It doesn't exist. It's one of the, the workshops I do. Talking about writer's block being an urban legend. Because writer's block means you aren't sitting down and writing a poem, but that's not it. Because you don't have to write a poem. You can write anything. Therefore, writer's block does not exist if you do what you're supposed to do. And that's just pick up a pen and put something on paper. Period. So prompts. <laughs> God, I sound so luxury. Ah, so prompts. Prompts are meant to grow into poems. These are seeds I'm planting in your fertile little brains. And they are intended to grow into a poem. Now, with that said, it can be the title to the poem. It can be a line in the poem or just the basic general concept of the poem. And I think we will all know who I am talking about when I do this. But it seems like the prompts have been a little bit easy because some of you have been putting like all three prompts into just one poem. So obviously it's just too easy, right? <laughs> so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. So for a while, we're going to be doing the poetry prompts, which, like I said, can be the title, a line in, or the concept of. There's going to be three of them for a little while. So if you don't have your pen and paper out and you aren't writing these down as we go, just remember you can always come back to the beginning at the, after the show at the archive, uh, the, the audio, MP3, whatever it is, podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can tell I've been doing this for for uh, 14 years. What do you mean this ain't on eight track no more? <laughs> I always used to listen to Speakeasy on eight track on that eight track. 
Okay, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, you can come back and listen to the archive show and, you know, write it down then and you can start and stop and pause it. So, you know, don't worry if you aren't getting this now, but what I'm doing right now is stalling long enough for that you, that you should have, you didn't, you should have gotten a pen and paper right now to write these down. So your poetry prompts, again, title, line, or concept of is number one, bohemian heart. Her bohemian heart. Number two, train whistle in the dark. Train whistle in the dark. And then the third one, pressed flowers and tattered silk. Pressed flowers and tattered silk. And I don't like using filler words. So actually, if I were to write this the way I write, it would be pressed flowers, tattered silk. I would take the word and in there. That doesn't take anything out. It doesn't put add anything to that. So let's just take that away. Pressed flowers, tattered silk. So those are your three poetry prompts. Her Bohemian Heart, Train Whistle in the Dark, Pressed Flowers, Tattered Silk for this week. Now the last one we're going to do is That's My Line. And this is a borrowed poetry prompt. So remember those notepads I said I had sitting next to me when I do the show here with you? I write down on things that you guys say, and as I mentioned before. And so I can, but I, you know, so I'll write down lines in your poems. And, and so... The poem I'm giving tonight is actually from someone who read last week. So now you're going to be sitting there all night long thinking, wow, I wonder if next week she's going to use my line. (laughs) So the borrowed poetry prompt, that's my line for tonight, is left in silence. And that was Colin Kennedy Holm, his his, uh, his poem that he read, left in the silence. All right. That's it. That's your your writing things for the night. (laughs) Remember, if you didn't get them written down, if I got you lost somewhere along the way, which when I listen back, I lose myself a lot. (laughs) It's like, what? Where did I go? I didn't even say what I was trying to tell them. They must think I'm an idiot. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just go back, listen to the archives. You can find everything in there. So what to do next. I want to let you know that, once again, you are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. And the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You can call in and listen if you would like. And... uh, you know, just, just hang out with us, or if you want to press 1 when you call in, that will put you in the lineup and let me know that you want to come into the queue and come on the air with me. We can bring you on. So, yeah, 646-595-3965. I want to let you know that, oh, actually, let's do this first, because I, I totally skipped over that. Um, at the beginning and the ending of every episode, we play an audio track from one of you guys. So if you are a recording artist, you would like to have your show pl- or your track played on the Speakeasy Cafe, you can email those to us at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put MP3, audio file, something like that in the uh, headline for me and the subject line. That way I will know. 
and we can get that uploaded on here. The piece that I'm going to play, and I've actually got, um, you know, I don't know how we're going to have, if we're going to have issues with the lines tonight or if we're going to be okay or what's going on. Um, but I always have a couple of different things pulled up just in case. So I actually have like four or five new ones that you guys have never heard before lined up to play tonight. So, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to do that. We end up having some issues. The first one I'm going to play, though, is by Bianca Phillips. It's called When a Boy Says He Loves My Body. Here you go. When the boy says he loves my body, but does not say he loves me, I let him. I close my eyes and feel his matchstick fingers strike against my flammable skin. I can feel the way he burns the girl out of flesh, the blue out of bones, the way he admires the glass jar that traps the dying firefly. How pretty the frame, how soft the entrance, how beautiful the gaping archway into the burned out church when he leaves, careless hands flicking a spark into the belly of my mouth just so I remember how he feels, just so I can write his name in whatever is left, just so I think of him when I try to think of myself. I find my body is a locked door. I find I locked myself out. I find I did it on purpose. If the boy will love the body and burn the girl, she will build a home upwind of the ash and pretend she is not cold. Suddenly, everything is the body, the weight the worth, the shape, the case. It is easier to pretend the girl never existed, that all there ever was was flesh and cartilage and blood and ruins. If I am just thing, if I am just consumable, if I pretend I never learned how to kiss the ground and call it lover, then I never buried myself under the carcass of everything I used to trust. Then nothing went wrong that I am laughing along with the song of my own undoing, never tell anyone how I forgot to go home, how I couldn't now, how I don't know where I left the key, how I became the stranger in the window, the ghost in the eaves, how this body became haunted, graveyard, burnt sea, how I forgot to forgive a thing that could not ask for forgiveness, how I forgot it was not the thing that needed forgiving. The body cries for me to come home, and all I can hear is his voice asking how sweetly I would like to be driven out. If I go back now, what will be left? How does the burnt forest learn to trust the sun again? How does it learn to reach for warmth without mistaking it for war? Does it ever stop being afraid of becoming beautiful and wild and a target? Will I ever stop being afraid of building myself into a castle of kindling? Does the firefly hate the hands that trapped it or the glass jar it died inside? Does it live long enough to choose? That was Miss Bianca Phelps with When a Boy Says He Loves My Body. All right, callers, if you were on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. And, yes, I know it is the first of the month, and per our agreement, I am supposed to be reading a poem, sharing one of my pieces tonight. And I will if we get where the lines aren't so busy, but I want to make sure I get to callers first. And uh, But I have not forgotten, so I will read something later on in the show tonight. Okay. Now, with that said, with that, that, that said, 
I wanted to give again once the number once again the number to call is 646-595-3965 646-595-3965 and I want to let you know that we do take callers in the order that you call in such as 540 is our first caller tonight. Hello dear. Uh so listen for your telephone area code. Then when I bring you on uh, please make sure that you introduce yourself. That's very important. You always want to have, first of all, let people know who's reading. And second of all, you always want to have your name attached to your work. Never send your work out into the world without your name attached to it. Very important. It's like your verbal signature, if you will. People can listen to this show. Well, we've got shows from 14 years ago. You, know, you went on a show 14 years ago and you didn't give your name because you thought it made you mysterious and cool. And now people are listening to that going, oh, my God, that's going to change the universe. We just realized that day is not really day. But it's really a frog, a frog. And whatever it is, it's changing the world. And they don't know it was you. They don't know who it was. So it gets attributed to anonymous and, you know, that kind of sucks. So, yeah, make sure you introduce yourself. Right now you can read two poems. Uh, Keep them right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. If something happens and the lines get too busy tonight and we have to switch that back to just one poem, I'll let you know if that happens on your call. I'm terribly sorry. But, uh, if, yeah, I'll let you know if it happens. Right now you're good to go. You know, not two epic poems. but And then uh, make sure when you're done giving out, make sure you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your, your work better. And then remember to please that we do have a mature rating. So you are bound to hear just about anything here. Uh, that's just fair warning with the exception, however, of porn poems. We don't have a adult rating. We just have a mature rating. So anything but porn poems and you're good to go. No bumping body parts, no tab A and a slot B. Now, I want to give out our first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are in the lineup and know that if you're coming on fairly quickly. As I said before, we have our first caller coming from area code 540, followed by 506, and then 734. So those are our first three callers in the lineup. I do want to look, looks like you're all pressed one and ready to go and waiting. Awesome. And nobody forgot tonight. You guys are so cool. So let's go ahead and let's take our first caller. Five four zero, you're on the air. Hey. <laughs> Hi, <Kirk>. sweetheart. <laughs> How are you? I'm awesome, sweetheart. How are you doing? Oh, fair to middling, I guess. Been kind of a busy day for me. Had to do a lot of running and everything, but uh, oh, finally settled down a little bit here this evening. You know, you would be you would be so surprised if you knew how often during the week I thought about you. Oh, really? Really, because oh. you know, just because because we have so much in common. So, I'll walk through my sitting room and, you know, there's some of my old 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 books or there's a quill feather or, you know, there's a book of Shakespeare. You know, there's so many things that we have in common that every, I'll look at that and I'll think, "Oh, yeah, Philip likes that stuff too. <laughs> Did you happen to see the video I shared on your Facebook page yet? No, I've uh, I've got on later uh, earlier um, today, uh, but well, I had, didn't have much time to mess around on it. I did a reading uh, this past Saturday. Uh, it's the Midwinter Poetry 
reading here in Blacksburg, Virginia, and with the, the band Spectral Arts and some other good folks. A lot of good talent, these young folks here at Virginia Tech. And uh, But they uh, uh, videotaped. You know, they took a video of. <laughs> videotapes have a, a way of putting it. It's like eight-track tapes. But anyway. <laughs> Probably did it on their phone. Yeah, they did. It was, it was done on the phone. And, uh, but uh, uh, they, they did, uh, uh, they uh, recorded my portion of it, so I shared that on, on your page. A few oh, other thank places. you, baby. So you can get to, to see what I look like. <laughs> oh, I already know what you look reading. like. Oh, well, believe me, I've changed. <laughs> I put, put a little bit uh, more poundage on, I think. So, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, here lately, uh, the thing I've been kind of looking into, strangely enough, uh, is, uh, uh, old, uh, like grimoires. You know the occult and uh, mm-hmm. Kabbalah things like that. So I've been kind of uh, looking at some of that stuff a little bit and making a couple of little purchases here and there for some rare books and all. So yeah, that's 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 uh, the stuff I love to do. I know. Uh, yeah. I wish we were neighbors. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you only live three thousand miles away. <laughs> I know, couldn't couldn't be any further yet. We're so close, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. uh, well, uh, I want to read two tonight, and uh, uh, one's uh, definitely, I guess, I don't even. I, I'm just kind of in a weird mood. And I was looking through my dog files, as I call them, and this one popped up. It's a country song that I wrote, uh, and. Uh, then uh, I got a short one, so I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do the short one first, and then I'm gonna do the adult-oriented country song second. How's that? Okay. Okay. All right. This one's called uh, Thunderstruck. Struck against the wall with all the sadness that it brings. Watching angels from heaven fall, cast to earth by their broken wings. I was God-smacked and in dismay by a report echoed from hell, whilst mighty ones with feet of clay crashed and burned when at last they fell. I was knocked for six to the ground, but true love for me you could feign. Your loyalty became unwound, and it cleaved my poor heart in twain. In poem. That was brilliant. No, thank you. That was absolutely wonderful, I'm, sweetheart. Ah, uh, and now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is uh this is a country song that I, I wrote a long time ago and I I reconverted it back into a, a, a poem. So uh it's about uh you know picking people up at bars and honky-tonks and whatnot. So <clears throat> it's called You Can't Stay Here. At a honky-tonk one night, taking shots up to par, cute little thing sat down beside me up at the bar. After six or several, he was just a having a ball when the lights flashed the last call. 
for alcohol. Well, I took my shot and said, your place or mine. She twirled her hair and then said her place was fine. Helping her on with her jacket, I saw a surprise. There was fire a flashing in her bedroom eyes. The bartender said, as the place started to clear, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Well, after we got to her place, well, we'd just gone for broke. When it was all over, she got up, and I fired up a smoke. Just kicking back in her bed, I had reckoned to linger. When she came back around with a ring on her finger, as she handed me my boots, the message was clear. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. In poem. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so there you go. Too thanks, for the, thanks for the ride, cowboy. <laughs> there you go. Yeehaw. Yeah, so that kind of shows you a little bit of poetic range, I guess, on my part. <laughs> so, oh. Well, I'm going to get on out of here and give somebody else a shot at it. Uh, always good talking with you. Check that video out if you get a chance. I will for sure, sweetheart. I will for sure. And, uh, of course, I'm Philip Church. You can find me on Facebook and send me a friend request. Uh, and if you're interested in looking at some of the, the books I've written, I don't just do poetry. I actually do some uh, – I write about ghosts and uh, history and Appalachian history and things like that, and you can find me on Amazon. Just uh, search my name, Philip Kent, K-E-N-T, Church. And uh, with that, I'll scoot on out of here, and hopefully I'll talk to you next week. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. Our next caller is... From area code 506. 506, you're on the air. Good evening. Hey, what are you doing, sweetie? I I was just kind of hanging out. You? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it still too cold up there in Canada to be hanging out? Not if you're used to it. (laughs) Me and my yak. You just take out the, you know. Oh yeah, you know, you just get your animal out and put on the the coats, you know, the fur coats, <laughs> and you just like roam around. Yeah, just just like the Revenant, if anybody's ever seen it. I have not. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do I feel there's a palm coming on now? <laughs> yeah. Well, at one point in time, the, there's a scene in The Revenant where the person is so cold that they take out the insides of an animal to sleep in it. I've seen that movie. Or at least I remember that go. part. Yes. And a bear attack. There's a bear attack in it. I don't remember that part. I probably blanked blank that well, out. Well, no, there's a... Yeah, I think of that bear attack every time I hear things behind me when I'm in the woods with my camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something not to be taken lightly. So, no, I know. Trust me. I've been on paths where I believe bears have been. <laughs> not fun. No. So are you going to tell me a story about that? 
Well, not about that, but I do have another story after I introduce myself according to your rules. Yes, they are my rules. Yeah, this is Andrew from the East Coast of Canada. <laughs> Andrew, and Andrew and who? Andrew you. who? Scott. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Okay, okay. Well, welcome, Andrew Scott. Right. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. But I do have a story for you. Okay. Hello, Mr. Thomas. See you sitting like you've been every day over the last 20 years, sipping a black coffee in the corner of this old cafe, pretending to mind your own. Most of us leave you be, looking over, feeling sorry with the worn clothes you wear. It looks like you've had a, it's a little rough, Mr. Thomas. Your beard is getting longer, unkept orange with gray. Aged glasses barely covering your eyes, Mr. Thomas. The dirt uh, covering your eyes and what you're seeing. Many of the visitors here think you're a poor old man that barely have the words to speak. The dried stains we see on your clothes do not help, Mr. Thomas. No one has seen you out aside from sitting here. Yet you always have your coffee and your cigarette breaks. A beaten novel in hand. Your mystery, Mr. Thomas. We do not know where you're from and where you came at the beginning or at the end of each day. Who are you, Mr. Thomas? And Paul. You know, that's that, that I, you're going to have to tell me where that came from because that was really kind of, to me, it was really kind of creepy. Um, I wrote down the, t- uh, <laughs> the title came to me. <laughs> I, I was like, wow. Oh, hmm. <laughs> And then, like, I just started thinking of people in coffee shops that kind of mind their own business and, you know, the old cafes and things like that. Like, I know myself, um, periodically I'll go into a coffee shop and I'll have my headphones in and I'm either reading or writing or doing whatever. So you're just kind of minding your own business. But can you imagine the people looking at you? Because nine times out of ten, people aren't minding their own business. And then I just came up with, yeah, and and then I just, I had a vision of an old friend in my head and what he looked like. And that's the description of him. So that's how I came up with that. What made me think of, you know, how we do ignore each other, even though we're so close. We don't look at each other on elevators. We don't say good morning to people anymore. You know, you know, we, all of that stuff. And so that's what it kind of made me think about at first. And then it was like, you know, that you have these people that are standing next to you in, you, you know, on the bus every single day and you don't know them, you don't know their yep. names or, you know, you know, you just know enough about them to, you know, you, you'd realize they weren't there if they weren't there, but, you know, you, otherwise you probably wouldn't really notice them. It took you a long time to right. notice them there in the first place. And then you find out that, you know, those are the ones that you didn't know at all. And all the time you were standing next to that person and you never knew, mm-hmm. you know, be it someone right. famous or dangerous or, you know, just how you just don't know the person next to you at all. You don't know your neighbors. You know, in fact, we yep. only know about each other, what we're willing to show each other, period. Um, and so, you know, that part of it, you know, part of it was sad. At first it was making me sad. It's because, like, I don't know all my neighbors. But then, you know, the more I listened to it, it was like there's more, so many more ways that it could be interpreted. 
you know, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it took oh, on absolutely. that scary thing like, oh, I don't really know who's standing next to me. <laughs> do, 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 do. Because, <laughs> you know, it is Andy that oh, I'm absolutely. talking to, and, you know. <laughs> Yes. And just so you know, while you were reading, I was drawing on my little notepad, I was drawing a blood splatter. <laughs> Great. Well, I was reading a poem about a guy in a coffee shop. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does that tell you? I wish oh. I had someone to show sometime and do, do an analysis. So I loved it. Are you going to just read the one tonight, Andy, or are you going to read two? Well, do you want to? Do you want? Well, you get. I have you another can one. Two. You can read two. All right. Okay. You ready? I am. Sitting on the front porch, taking a moment to breathe. These days do not happen much. Much as my time is filled with unpredictable moments. The diagnosis was set a few short years ago. My child was mostly seen as moody and bratty. Being the parent, I knew there was something else. So many different moods showing changing in short periods of time. So hard now to get the pills that would make the child better or calmer to be taken. When they are taken, the child becomes so numb. Mornings like this morning are rough. One calm moment, then jumpy agitation, talking and screaming. Then the violent crying. This cannot be stopped. I take the times of long sleeping for a break and a breather, not knowing when it will start all over again. As a parent, the love is unconditional. Even when the steps are taken, are so hard and long. Sometimes I'm not strong in the breakdown when nobody can see. Being away brings anxiety because I'm waiting for that call. To recharge and to be strong, a moment like this now is needed. To just sit alone in silence and calm. Wow. That was wonderful. Thank you. You are very welcome. And once again, I just wrote down the title. <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing more blood. <laughs> All right. I'm really happy I called in tonight. <laughs> I'm not really. I'm joking. Oh, or am I? Don't make me photograph this, guys. Andy, it was really good to hear from you. I know you get busy and you got Thank lots you. going on, but uh, I appreciate it when you make it's the time to call in and share with us. <laughs> I know, I know, silly work, but you know. Yeah, I know, right? Jobs and stuff. <laughs> hey, wasn't it you? Was it you that I? No, it was Carlos. I think. Was it you? I said you need to find out if your boss wrote poetry and then make him read, but your boss isn't there with you. No, and I'm pretty sure I know my bosses and neither like I'm an anomaly in my office because I work in in IT for an IT company. So the fact that I read or do half the stuff I do, a few of them just kind of look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> like I I had a conversation You're with a, a poet, you once. probably have mm. 20. Yeah, well, I had a conversation with somebody once that I take out my camera and I go to places where you know, you don't have cell service here. I'm not sure what it's like in the United States, but when you go into a provincial park here or a federal park where there's trees and, and such, immediately you lose cell service because they're camping sites and trails and things like that. And a few of them just like looked at me like I had tree heads. Like seriously, <laughs> they, they just didn't understand not going out without my phone. And I'm like, well, I have my phone when I have cell service and it comes back on. 
and I have to call people to come get me because I've lost my car or whatever. <laughs> not funny it's uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just laughing because it reminds me when I'm I go out on my my meandering trips and get lost in God knows where I go and I see a road mm-hmm. and it's like oh that goes I know it goes to that mountain and I end up up there and I have no cell service and no one in God's green earth ha- would have a clue to look for me over there because I'm supposed to be 700 miles the other way <laughs> yes and I've done so, that too years ago I've packed I had a SUV so I used to sleep in the back of it when I went on trips and so there was one time I packed it I was going on a 14 hour trip to drive to where I needed to go and I got about three hours down the road and I was like oh crap I gotta call my family and tell them that I actually left my apartment (laughs) (laughs) and then I won't be back for a week so they can't figure it you know what I mean Kind of like when the tsunami was supposed to hit the West Coast here, I made my my son who lived at the coast. I made him come here. And when he gets here, there was a a note on the counter said that said gone to the beach. I took my camera and I went to the beach, but I made sure he came here. <laughs> oh, weirdness, weirdness. Okay, all right. Tell everyone how to find right. you, Andy. You can find me on Facebook, just Andrew Scott. Uh, you can find um, my website. AndrewMScott.com, and I have books out that are on Amazon. Uh, the latest is called Searching, and they're just poetry books. There's one photography book. Um, just look up Andrew M. Scott, and there they are. Last one's called Searching. Very cool. That's it. <laughs> That's all, folks. That's it. That's it. All right, Andy. All got. Great, <laughs> great job, sweetheart. Appreciate you being here, and it was really, really good to hear from you. We miss oh, you and when I have a funny for you before I thank you. Uh, I have a funny for you before I let you go because you were talking about writing workshops. Uh huh. Right, like doing yeah. recording them and such. Uh huh. I would do it, but I don't have a format. <laughs> what do you mean you don't it. have a format? <laughs> I write down a title and I go back to it like four months later. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> there, there's no way you could do it. You're right. <laughs> there's no structure. There's nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, really, all right. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you go. Great job tonight, sweetie. Appreciate it. No problem. You have yourself a good one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye. Uh, bye. So by the end of that conversation, I'm drawing a, a compass so I can get myself back on track. All right, next caller comes from area code four three. Or excuse me, seven, I'm so dyslexic, dyslexic with numbers. Seven three four, seven three four. You're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How this, are you? This this is George Wiley, and uh, I'm just doing fine. It is so good to hear from you. Oh, well, thank you. It's good to be here. I haven't been able to uh, very often lately. But um, I must tell you that uh, it's hard to beat uh, what Andrew Scott just did. And also, so nice, Philip Church's last piece had me rolling. It was so hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. He could switch to that great 
that lyric that had the, of course it had the punchline and everything, but it was it's it's just great. Anyway, what I've got is two of them, and one is quite one is quite short. And I just wrote it a couple of days ago, and we had a um, oh you know a, a sort of an unannounced unwelcome snow. You know, I'm thinking you get to the end of February. I really want it to be spring. Of course, I should. I'm, I'm a pretty slow learner because um, I've never had spring this stuff this early. Anyway, it was called "If It Must Snow." If it must snow this late, keep it from being humanized by tire tracks and salt and noise and dog scat and the crush of people and by industry writing its name in the snow. Snow does not beg to be conquered by soiled humans. Leave the rabbit tracks lie. It will soon melt away anyway, like we do. In peace. I love that. You know, and I don't know what it is, but snow that has not been touched by anything is is so awesome. And it, it makes oh, yeah. me sad or almost mad when I see someone who, you know, couldn't could have gone a different way but intentionally tromped through the middle of a beautiful snow thing. And then I think, but that's what I do every day. You know, every time I do oh, something yeah. different or go somewhere new or, you know, I'm I'm tromping through snow tracks and so it just made me think about it totally differently okay i'm back hi <laughs> well yeah i know uh, you know it's funny not just uh visual uh but but uh noise uh you know you get a quiet snow i spent um, 18 years living on a northern lake and uh, uh and it was just so peaceful and quiet and this fresh snow on the frozen lake was you know, the sun literally sparkled off it. And then all of a sudden, and I'm not anti, you know, um, completely anti-vehicles and stuff, but um, here comes this roar of a snow machine going 70 miles an hour, busting, busting through the area, you know, and leaving a big track. And it isn't so much that their track is ugly, but that's part of it. But they scare all the animals away. But the other thing they do is it's just they break the silence. And, uh, you know, the same, of course, with, with traffic, and I'm sure with, but it was, uh, I mean, it was sort of a violation, if you want to call it that. And, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm so much, I don't want to make too many judgments, but, gee, they had to make them, at least make them, damn things electric, so you don't roar over you. <laughs> okay, that's enough of my lecture. Um, the second one is... Tongue and cheek thing. It's a list poem. I read it the other day at a reading. It's it's not very serious. It's called Our Mothers Lied to Us. They told us we'd get hemorrhoids from sitting on the porch. They said if we eat carrots, we'd be able to see in the dark. That if we swallowed our gum, it would be inside us for years. That if we touched a toad, we'd get warts. That if we made bad faces, they would stay with us forever. That if we played with our privates, our hands would grow hair. That the prettiest girls were all evil inside, but the ugly ones were golden. That eating spinach made us stronger than everyone else. Thanks a lot, Popeye. 
that if we crossed our eyes, they would stick that way. That if we sneezed with our eyes open, it would fall out. That if we didn't cut a cross in the loaf of bread before baking, the devil would sit on it. That if you bring a banana on a ship, the ship will sink. They said if the ice cream truck was playing music, it means they ran out of ice cream. That you had to be 16 to buy coffee. When at 16, I went to buy a coffee. I thought I was going to be carded. That they didn't sell replacement batteries for some of my toys. (laughs) Our mothers told us that they didn't have a favorite child. Mm -hmm. That the animals on the side of the road were just taking naps. And the biggest lie, it won't hurt, I promise. But they also told us that you can't tell a book by its cover, which is true. That actions speak louder than words. That telling the truth is way simpler than lying because you have to remember lies. Telling us no was just as loving as telling us yes and a peace. I absolutely love, 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 love that piece. (laughs) It's sort of fun to write. I can imagine. You know, and there were so many parts of it that you know, made me laugh or made me giggle, you know, and I, I, you probably heard me a couple of times, but I couldn't help yeah. it because it was just, you know, it just, it provoked that, that tangible out loud, you know, emotional response to, to you, the words that you were writing and, and your poem. And it was, I just thought it was incredible. It, you know, it made me laugh when you said, you know, the pretty girls are evil, but ugly girls are golden. <laughs> and immediately I went to Jerry Young, who lives in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And thought about yeah. the day that he broke up with me, one of the only people who's ever broke up with me, when uh-huh. he told me that he was going back to his girlfriend, Donette, because oh. women want to fuck Ginger, but they want to marry Marianne. <laughs> that's right. So pretty girls are evil, you know. Yeah, that's right. And and it, it's just, I'll never forget that. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Oh my God! He thinks I'm ginger. I'm not ginger. I'm not ginger. <laughs> I know. So yeah, people want to sleep with ginger, but they want to marry Marianne. So he was going back to his old girlfriend. So that that line that line struck a, a pretty literal chord. And then the whole thing made me think about when we're children. Do you remember when we were children? I used to sit on the living room floor and I was watching in front of the TV, watching TV. And my mom would yell at me all the time and tell me, get away from that door. The draft will get you. And then one night she wanted me to go out on the porch and get something or do something. And I was just crying. And she's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And it's like, the draft will get me. You know, and I didn't know what a draft, get away from the door, the draft will get you. In my little brain, the draft was something evil and horrible and a monster yeah, and, and so you know, <laughs> and then she wanted oh, me to go yeah. out where the draft was, you know. Yeah. We had so many lies later, with, with love, of course, but, you know, lies, uh, lies trying to keep us sort of safe and yet at the same time to control us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh because rules control us, you know, and uh, lies are lied, made up rules are just as bad or worse than real rules. But um, I, oh my know, god, my mother, 
the things our parents were supposed some, to be. Yeah. You know, I have some, to share this with you. Okay. I, prob- I probably shouldn't. I probably well, shouldn't. But, you know, you're talking definitely. about most people had normal parents that told them stuff like that. My children have a parent who, when my <laughs> – Freshman, my freshman and high school son came up to me and said that he wanted to play football and had to get a physical. And I said, oh, no, you don't want a physical. And he said, why? And I, he, because he hadn't had one, you know, never had a real actual physical. And, right. and he said, why? And, it's, and then I explained a pap smear to him. So Only with boy parts. A pap smear. Oh, you know, OBGYN, a pap smear, I, you know, the uh, yeah. stirrups, the, the whole thing. But I explained, you know, like it was a boy thing and that was, that was what was going to happen. And he got so freaked out. And, and then and that was the end of the conversation, right? Because I was being a smart yeah. ass. So, you know, what? oh, no, you know, this is what they're going to do to you, son. <laughs> the next day I get a phone call from the coach saying, what in the hell are you telling your children? And I was like, ah, ah. Uh, Oh God! You, that's the thing their mother told them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's they get, they'll tease you about that sometimes. Oh, if they have an R. That 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 wasn't the only thing. I also told them that girls, because I had three boys, right? I told them that girls didn't fart because <laughs> girls were not born with a fart mechanism, and therefore it was physically impossible, right? And. <laughs> And my son comes home from the first grade, and he says, Mom, you lied to me. Girls do too fart. And I said, what do you mean? He says, the girl in front of me let one rip today. I said, no. I said, and that's how, that's how my children learned about people who are, who are transgender. That could not have been oh, a girl. That had to have been a boy dressed like a girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. right. <laughs> and that's and actually funny. what I told and my, all my those, children, yeah. my poor children. Yeah. So I'm supposed to read something tonight, and I'm going to share this poem with you that I wrote just because it's so on topic that I had to pull it out. All right, because we're talking about the things they tell us. And this Mm -hmm. this is a poem I wrote about my mother, me being a little girl and. And my mother and the things she tells me, one of the things she told me that made me is this fits right in with what you're talking about. So, you know, it's the first show of the month. I'm supposed to read something. That's under our contract. So this is what I'm picking to read, and this is what I'm picking to read it. All right. So this is a poem that I wrote called Millers. Okay. You know know what Millers are, right? Millers. Didn't like moths? Yes, those great big giant moths. All right. So this is called Millers. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking there were too many moths in the world. Those dive-bombing, hair-attacking kamikazes who somehow knew instinctively how badly I was frightened of them. My mother used to laugh whenever one would send me running in a panic. They're attracted to your inner light, she would say. So I would sit whenever I saw one, very still, eyes closed, thinking dim thoughts and staying as far away from bright ideas as I could. End poem. <laughs> Far away as bright ideas as I could. Great life, great, great ending. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, attracted to your inner it. light. So I really, you know how moths will dive at you? So she used to tell me yeah. they will, they're attracted to your inner light. 
And I literally thought there was a light in me that they were seeing and trying to get to. And so I would seriously sit there with my eyes shut, you know, so they couldn't get my light. (laughs) That's right. Got to shut them out. They're going to hate Oh, geez, Wes. We don't have to have parents parents, uh, telling us lies. We tell ourselves lies. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah, that's great. I like that phone. And, uh, Fantastic guys, the lady uh, out of Doshas. <laughs> wow, I'm not going to try to spell that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's from like Mary Poppins, man. What's that? Totally, it's from it's from Mary Poppins, but I probably I probably I probably didn't do that justice. But I I don't know how it goes, but I know it goes something like this. Uh, Nah, fuck it. I ain't gonna try it again. I'm too drunk. <laughs> I ain't gonna touch that one. No, I ain't drunk, but I ain't gonna touch it. If I did try it, <laughs> if I did touch it, I would be drunk. Super califragilistic. So, there you go. You fucking look at that on the on Ex- Google, No, I didn't. didn't you? Super yeah. Everything is wonderful. It's not quite atrocious. I don't know the words. <laughs> oh God, you are. You are a fairy tale girl, aren't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. If I if no? I am, it was Rumpelstiltskin I was rooting for. <laughs> nah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? No. Here. Can you no, hear this? I... Hear what? You can hear me though, right? Yeah. Okay, because I'm in a weird bind. Uh, like uh, I've been traveling, right? And uh, man, every it's like I'm in the mountains, man. Everywhere I go, it's like if I walk five feet, I can't get <laughs> I, I can't get internet. 
I can't get well, Wi-Fi. I can't then. get my. Don't move because I hear you. I know. Great that's right why. Now. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm sitting right here, and I got a and I got a whole lot of motherfuckers that just love country boots, and and um, I'm blaring my music and uh, do go. Okay, so you you want to know really funny, Glenn? Glenn, right now I'm picturing huh? you in a rest. I'm picturing you in a restaurant bar type place sitting on some guy's lap at a table with his wife sitting next to you because that's the only place in the entire place you can get reception. And he's just sitting there looking at you like, like, dude, why are you sitting on my lap? And you don't give a shit because it's his lap where you get reception and you're going to read your own poem. (laughs) You're exactly right. Remember back, uh, man, it's been, uh, I don't know, maybe five years, I was in Asheville, right? And mm-hmm. I called I you from a fucking outhouse. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I fucking remember. And and then I called you from mush uh, from uh, from Mellow Mushroom, and I said, "Call me back," you know, after your next call. And you just hung me. You fucking hung me out to dry. I was hanging there <laughs> by a, a fucking noose on my neck, and then you go. Oh shit! I forgot about Glenn. Let's see if he's still there. I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm just about ready to run out of battery. Right? Oh, <laughs> you and me, we've been through some shit, girl. I swear. I know. I, it's been over 14 talk- years, Glenn. I knew you before I started this show. Ah, uh, you keep saying that, but I know that. I, I mean, I we've knew been. You, yeah, you know I what? knew you so when I was listen, hosting I for you- Colt Vault. I, oh, don't even bring that up. But I know. listen, I want to tell you. I, I want to tell you a secret, all right? Don't even bring that one up, okay? Because <laughs> that boy, that boy's got bad blood with me, okay? If I ever catch mm-hmm. him showing, I swear to God, he better not fucking look bad. Because if he does, <laughs> you know. But anyway, I got something for you. I'm out what on do you your have? Porch, remember? I got. I, oh. I'm out, out on your porch. I told you I was going to show up in the middle of one of your sessions, and so all you need to do is open your door. Yeah, I ain't opening my door. <laughs> okay, I'm leaving. I'll, I'll, I'm th- I'll, throw you, I'll, throw, I'll throw you a hot cup of coffee out the window. I'm, <laughs> I am totally fucking with you. I know. Uh, I know, because I don't have a bar on my so, porch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. When I That's said, true, you don't. I love you, I might have been a good for a night. I might have been off my meds to make my dick throb. A tranquilizer does the trick when affixed onto the moment of you. Hey, baby. Let's roll to the drugstore. This is natural. A fuck like a tornado. Surely they'll know what we're after. One less hype. I'll strip my dick. Take. Any test. I'm like Belladonna. Without STDs, but poison, drink me down. We can get typified. Hanging grotesque the bar. Not out here in the country. I'll come love you forever if you 
let me love you and your girlfriend. Otherwise, meet me at Zappies. Meet me at Taco Bell. Night out on the street. Sorry, baby. Yeah. Sal and his boys won't be there. It's only me. But if I don't even feel like getting into you, I want your girl. Can I pay double the money if I want nothing to do without a hookup with you? Me up with that. Bring I'd red-haired woman. I'll even lift my app just to see you go. How about if we talk about this? Tomorrow, I ain't interested in you. I'm all over your girl. Could you not have noticed? I bet that never crossed your mind. Think that this is by Glenn Still. Thank you very much. You are such a brave writer. You keep telling me that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I enjoy you telling me that. I, you know, it takes me a long time to take uh, praise. But uh, uh, I did I that taught one you for that, didn't I? This, you did. You certainly did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, you're one of the few people that I will even register my my. Number pleasure with. I will, you know, normally I just like, you know, fuck you. If you don't know my name by now, you don't need to know me. But when I come up, um, and I didn't do it just, I don't really do it. I just say, hey, and you know exactly who I am. But you're always going to extract my blood. You know, you're like a fucking vampire. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I like that about you. I enjoy that about you. You, you, you taught me so much, you know, our our time together. So, you know, um, you know, I'm just going to praise you back. How does that feel? <laughs> right? Aw. Yeah, we got years. We got over yeah. a decade together. Almost a decade We and got a some half. time, baby girl. We do. I know. That's for damn sure. I, I, but it's you been know, good. Who knew when we started this? Seriously, Glenn, who knew? Who knew when we started this? I know. This would we would be sitting here talking this many years later. It's magic. You know, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't even think back that far ahead uh, because uh, when I did, when I wrote my first uh, piece that got registered, you know, with the public, it was called Doing Nothing. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like out of the zone. And uh, But I wrote it at my at my kitchen table with my dog, my little dog. Uh, gosh, on it, man. I miss that girl. Uh, Wiggles. Um, but, uh, I, and she barked right in the middle of it. But it, but I, I thought about, you know, cutting it out, but it just ran so perfectly in the zone that it was like, you know? And uh, uh, so if you haven't heard that piece, one still soundcloud dot um, when still uh, doing nothing. And uh, the funny thing about it is, I bring that up uh, 
partly because it just registered on my mind because I met some people traveling and uh, uh, do hippies, right? And uh, and they're like, uh, yeah, we're you know, they're just like into everything that I'm into. You know, it's it's amazing when you can meet somebody like that. That's like, you know, hey, you know. Uh, do you need anything? No. Do you need anything? No. Do you, you know, and just, you just pass, pass, pass along. And so um, it turns out uh, Boyd's got a studio in Nashville, and, uh, you know, I'm headed back to uh, eastern North Carolina. I was like, I'll be back. I'll be back in spring, you know. It's like just, you know, not only do I have a studio, I got I got a uh, visual production um Facility. He said, he, and he's, he's like, just take every single picture that you think you want to take, and even the ones you don't, and we'll put that into a video. And I'm like, that's too much work. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, that's too, too much fucking work. But um, so the last piece I read, um, I read for Zoe Hansen, and not because it has anything to do with her on a personal level, but because. Um, I'm trying to get her to be my agent. Totally. She's out in California, NYC girl, come from London, and she is just totally pop. And um, Zoe, I sent you a, a link. If you're listening, I want you to be my agent. Don't make me beg because I get what I want. Yes, dear. I was waiting for you to reply. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was a dramatic pause. Glenn, uh, tell everyone how yeah, to find you, sweetheart. Uh, Jesus. Um, yeah, you can find me through Jesus. That's That works. Just, just fucking Google Jesus, and you'll find GCS. Same thing. <laughs> Glenn Still, Google him. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight, honey. Bye. Be real. Bye, sweetheart. Love you. Love you, too. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. I'm going to go ahead and give this next three. We have 757 next, then 513, then 315. We had Mama online. Um, I don't know what happened to her. I'll watch for her to jump back on. Uh, Let's go ahead and take 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, it's Tamika Barnett. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's good to hear from you. Oh, thank you. It's good to be heard. <laughs> um, I have a couple of poems tonight. Um, so they're both short. So. Uh, of course so. they are. <laughs> You guys, I'm fighting a cold, so if you hear me take a drink of water, it's better than trying to mute and cover it up every time. So you just, we're just hanging out and having fun reading poetry, so, you know, if you can hear me take a drink of water, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, love. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one's called We Are the Movement. Okay. <clears throat> we shine as bright as Christmas stars. But we ain't hanging out on top of pine or spruce trees. We are fighting the dictatorships that are trying to keep us on our knees. 
you will find us in the spaces where commas don't live as we wait to see what poetry life will give in peace. Wow. That was pretty. That was that was that was really strong. Good job, Tamiko. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, honey. And the next one is called A New Dance. Um, and it's a haiku, so. But with, within movements brought on by memories and beats sustaining us all in poem. Wow. Movement brought on by memories. I absolutely love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. So have you been trying to do your haiku a day? Oh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes it's better than no times. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'm always writing haiku anyway, So, but I was going to try to do that this year, and I was doing pretty good for a little while, and then it was just like, eh. Some days I just don't think of that. I'm like, whatever comes, and I'm just so I'm don't just don't let yeah. the fact that you didn't think of one one day be your excuse not to do one the next. <laughs> so you didn't do one that day. It's okay. Nobody's counting. You know, your 365 days in a year are whenever you take them. So if you if you miss a day or if you miss a week, it doesn't matter. Just start up again. Oh, yeah. Don't let it be an excuse to stop. Just keep doing it. Oh, I know it. Um, <laughs> I'm still interested in trying that one. I can't remember the name of it that someone did. Whether who was a stand that stand did where it was still the seven syllables and five syllables in each line, but they had a space in between and was four lines. Oh, and I wrote that down too, and I don't know what I And I, I cannot remember I the name of that poem. I was going to jot it down, and I totally missed the name of it, but I did jot down how he did it. And I was like, okay, one of these days I have to do that. So you're still like putting 12 syllables in each of the four lines. I'm, I'm sitting there digging through my notebook now because I know I wrote it down too. <laughs> I have things in here I wrote down 12 years ago. Who am I kidding? And I said, okay, I'm going to have to try that one one day, take a crack at it and see what happens. <laughs> I wanted to, too. See, if you hadn't said that, I would have forgotten. Now I need to send him a message. I'm making a note on this paper. Ask Haiku Formula. Yeah, okay. I don't I didn't know if it was another Japanese style of poem or, um, you know, if it's just something else. I didn't, I didn't know what it was, and so I was like, okay, that sounds very interesting. And there was another mm-hmm. one. It was another style that um, Philip Philip Church did one night with um, three stanzas, and I know the first stanza was. I tried to jot all this down, but it was like. <laughs> It was um, the first stanza was like maybe five lines, and then the second stanza was a quatrain with four lines, and then the third stanza was six lines, and it all had a rhyme scheme, and you had to take the first line 
from the first verse and put it at the end of the second and third verse. I said, I love stuff like that. It was like, but I'm just sitting here like, okay, I need to write, because it reminded me a little bit of a villanelle where you have mm-hmm. to repeat certain lines throughout. I just love stuff like that, because it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's like a word puzzle. I used to think of it like math, and my brain would, something about numbers, Physically, seriously, I cannot tell you, and and I know that I'm dyslexic reading numbers because I read them backwards all the time. I'm not that way with words, but I am with numbers for some reason. And I try to figure out numbers in my head, and something physically cramps inside my brain, you know. And it and I just I can't wrap my head around it. I am not good with numbers like I am with words. Mm. And and so, writing a form, writing a, a formal form of poetry writing within those constraints to me was like counting. I had to count syllables mm-hmm. and my brain would shut down. So I never really took them seriously. And then I challenged myself one year to learn two new poetry forms a year for the entire year. And something clicked in my head where I'm not counting. It's not an, a numbers puzzle. It's a word puzzle. And I know words. Mm. So it just totally changed the way I looked at poetry forms. And all of a sudden it was fun. You know, it was fun trying to play with them and make them dance and keep step with whatever it was I wanted them to. Oh, kind of yeah. like being a marionette conductor. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. It's so funny, cause, and I do remember the name of that one fella then. It's called a Rondo. Uh, Rond- Rondell. Rondell or something, yeah. Because I, I think I may have ran up on that style before on shadowpoetry.com, but... And at that time, I wasn't. I didn't read it. I just saw the name of it, and I said, "Okay, what is this? Somebody made this up." Well, all, they're all made up. So at some point, I don't care if it was the 14th, <laughs> whether it was the 14th century or the 21st century, they're all made up by somebody. That the haiku said, started somewhere, right? Started somewhere with some one person saying, "This is what we're gonna do." So it's like, okay. This is how I'm writing it. I've always wanted to create my own style, too, but I haven't gotten around to that yet. See if I can create something that hasn't been created yet. But I invented the unku. The unku. Yeah, it means it was could be a haiku, but I just couldn't get rid of a, rid of a syllable, so it's called the unku because it's not a haiku. And you going to share one of these with us one day? <laughs> So we so we can understand what you're talking about. You're not, we weren't going to understand, silly girl. It's so cute when they think they will. <laughs> I, I thought I'd just right. play around with you on that one for a minute. Okay. <laughs> it's anything that you write. An unku is anything you write that's not a haiku. There you go. Well, I yeah. do that every day. Every, mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. Everything is unku most of the time, but... <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Helen. Oh, go ahead. I was getting ready to beat you to it, but I was going to tell everybody how to find me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I know, I know how it goes. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook, Tamiko Barnett, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with an E on the end, um, poetrysoup.com forward slash me. M E four slash T A M E K O the number one and the number three. Um, I have a page 
on the website called timbook2.com, T-I-M-B-O-O-K-T-U.com. Same name, Tamiko Barnett. I think my middle initials in there, Tamiko L. Barnett. And anything else that I've written and floating around, even what people have published on pages and never contacted me, um, (laughs) just look up my name. On Google, so awesome. All right, sweetie, great job. Do you want me to put you back on mute so you can listen still? Sure, thank you. You're welcome, hon. We'll talk to you in a little bit. All righty. Love you, sweetie. Thanks. Me too. Miss Tempico. I like it when uh, she calls in because I can keep her on hold. And she listens to the show with us on hold. And then if something happens and I lose lines, I can grab her back on. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. I do want to let area code 407 know that you are not in the lineup. So 407, if you want to come on the air, please press 1. Still looking for Mama to call back in. And let's go ahead and take area code 513, who will be followed by 346 and then 315. So 513, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Richard Armand. How are you? Hey, Richard. How are you, sweetheart? I am doing well. How about yourself? I am doing really well. It's been a really good night. Wonderful. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Um, I'm going to do one piece because it's somewhat long. Um, And normally, you know, I do like love pieces. Mm -hmm. But... This this time around, I'm going to do a piece. It's somewhat new and uh, coming from like a Christian background and everything. I wanted to write one piece that is from a religious standpoint. So the title of it is called Eternity. So hopefully I can remember everything because it's kind of it's one of my longer poems. So here we go. While stricken with the sickness and confined to a hospital bed, there were flashes of my life that started to flood into my head just five minutes before the doctors would pronounce that I was dead. And while my family gathered around me crying, they were encouraging me to keep on fighting, but the more that I was trying, my health was rapidly declining as my vital signs were crashing on the verge of flatlining. While some pondered in their heads, with his God's will and his timing. Until the time struck nine o'clock and my body had succumbed to the infirmity and time is no longer a concern to me for this world faded into the black as I had just slipped into eternity. For there is only darkness that I could see. But it felt like only a second that went by before I was able to open my eyes. Though my body remained dead, my spirit was much alive, for I saw my family standing over me while they were saying the last goodbyes. And then my spirit began to rise. And the room became so bright like the source of a light of a thousand moons, and I felt the presence of our Lord as the light started to spread throughout the room, which gave me the inner peace that my spirit would enter the heaven soon. And before another thought could pass by, my spirit was thrust into the sky, escorted by an angel until we stood on the mountain high, above the city of heaven, as that mountain rested upon a cloud. 
and I looked down outside the pearly gates where souls gathered into a crowd, being ushered in by the angels standing guard who ensured only the righteous were allowed. And I looked inside the city of heaven. And what a beautiful sight to behold. For the imagery was so vivid and the colors were so bold as there's no words to articulate what could be the best story that's ever told. For my mind was truly blown from all that I was shown, for the city was created from all rare and precious stones. And everything was immaculate and pristine, and the view from the mountain was serene, for the trees and bushes in the fields bloomed in colors I'd never seen. And the waterfalls were soothing and struck beyond my wildest dream as the water displayed the colors of the rainbow as it cascaded down to the river stream as it gave life to the flowers and the gardens and the tree of life that was planted in between. And then I saw billions of diverse souls that had ranged from young to old that was headed towards the gardens as they walked the streets of gold. And I saw mothers reunited with their daughters and sons with their fathers as they ate from the tree of life and drunk from the fountain of living waters. And they lifted the burdens off their chest, for there was joy in their every breath. For in heaven there's no sorrows, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. So they exhaled a collective breath and praised the Lord in unison in one tune as his glory illuminated the city. So there's no need for the sun or moon as he prepares heavenly mansion where inside there's many rooms. Though so there were parts of heaven that were not revealed, for God has sealed it to remain unknown. Then I turned to the angel to ask some questions. Notice he had left me all alone. Then I realized the Lord had risen above the, the mountain and he summoned me to his throne where it said, He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and God and God alone. So I bowed down before the Lord and trembling and in fear. And the Lord asked me in his thundering voice, Why are you here? And then missing my confusion, I said, Lord, you know I was raised in Christianity from my birth. But he said, well, that doesn't hold much work when you were just playing, only playing in church. For yes, you was on fire for me in the beginning, but late in life you were just pretending. Instead of meditating on my word, you was only worried if your Facebook posts are trending. And you wanted my forgiveness without forgiving, my blessings without giving, as you indulge in carnal desires with little or no repenting. For you as a holy roller all day Sunday and lukewarm for me on Mondays when I demanded your full allegiance. You said, not right now, my Lord, but someday. But now here we are. And that someday never came. And you knew life's actions were eternal, but you treated my grace and mercy just like a game. For you had the form of godliness, but denied the power that's in my name. So I'm searching through the book of, book of life and only seeing traces from the erasure from your name. So I pleaded with the Lord to see if there's any mercy I could attain, but he said, depart from my presence, for you never truly embraced my name. So he cast me out of heaven, and I felt this excruciating pain, which was caused by the heat as I descended closer to hell's looking flame. For hell was worse than an apocalyptic vision, where souls trapped inside a volcanic prison, tormented for eternity for ungodly choices and decisions. For death loomed in every part, for hell was evil and very dark. For I saw the silhouette of these demons that was ripping souls apart. And as I headed downward in full steam, I prayed this is all just a dream. For I sm smelled the stench of burning flesh and heard the sounds of blood-curdling screams. From the souls of murderers and pedophiles and liars and rapists, tormented without rest, and there's no way to escape this. 
and the pain became so unbearable that my teeth started to grind as hell expended for my arrival and roared, finally, you are mine. But instead of engulfing eternal flames, I started to see this light shine, then realized I had to return back into my earthly conscious mind, for I heard the nurses yell to the doctors that they revived my vital signs. And when I glanced at the clock, I noticed that the events all occurred within two minutes of time. And when I tried to collect my thoughts, for my mind was totally in despair, the Lord started to speak to me right then and there. He said, no, it's your mother in the corner praying quietly in the chair for when you was, while you was headed for eternal death and you deserved to be there. I heard the pleas within her cries when she lifted you in prayer. So to be fair, I have given you a second chance. But you need to remember how all this feels, knowing that heaven is amazing, but hell is also real. So take the chance to repent so you could be spiritually healed for if we meet again in the same condition. There will be no more appeal. But for now, you need to rest, my son. So I leave you with peace and be still. And that's that peace. That was awesome. You know, I I always really applaud when someone can share anything that they believe in in a way that makes it tangible for everybody. And I know that I've said that before, but I just think that it's, you know, it makes it a message so well heard. And I I just really appreciate the way that you do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. You're, you're very welcome. And I know that we've, you know, we've we've talked about that, but you just do. I admire it a lot. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, on Facebook, you can find me. I am Richard Armand, and Armand is A-R-M-A-N-D-E. And on Instagram, I am Rich Arm Rich, and that's Rich, A-R-M, Rich. And I thank you for having me, Nyla. Absolutely. My pleasure. I hope that you're able to make it back next week, hon. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you, Richard. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye, hon. Okay. So our next caller comes from area code 346. 346, you're on the air. Good evening. (laughs) Hey, sweetheart. How are you? This is Emilia T. Davis, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, calling in from Houston, Texas, and I am fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic to hear from you. It's been a while. I wonder what was going on. We've missed um, you. But I'm glad you're here now. What lot. are you going to share with us? I would first like to say that I am standing up, uh, giving hand claps and snaps to uh, Richard. That was the bit. And you know I write Christian poetry. You know I go 
to all the Christian poetry shows. And I have to say that was the best Christian poem I have ever Mm -hmm. heard in my life. Utterly amazing. Um, Just awesome. So um, with that said, um, I do have two pieces. Uh, The first piece is called Sorry. Just simply sorry. I'm sorry to the black race for every injustice performed against all of you. I'm sorry for the slavery, pain, and anguish it has caused multiple generations. I'm sorry for the Jim Crow laws that destroyed families, hung the innocent from trees as amusement, took rights, land, and income away from the justified innocent souls. I'm sorry for all the hate, horrific acts of terror that consume to this day. I just wanted all of you to hear sorry from someone considered white, that I'm truly with all of my heart grieved at all the pain and all the mental anguish that has been caused you. In addition, I want you all to know I'm sorry on a personal level. Anybody I may have spoken in an angry way against or wasn't the most polite or respectful, I'm so very sorry. I try my best to bring God's light discernment, wisdom, and empowerment as best as I can to open my life's book regardless of what others may say or judgments they may make in order that others can learn the pitfalls in life, how to heal, how to overcome. I really try hard to respect others, love, heal, and bring the wisdom that my life's path has taken. I have been lied to, abused in multiple ways. My heart has been broken time and again. I have many deep wounds. I don't say this to garner any pity or sympathy. It's just truth. It's reality. I've tried my best to heal from them and use my story as a warning to others, yet I'm not perfect. I have issues. I have my negatives. I must beg Jesus' forgiveness daily. We, as the human race, must stop placing people in stereotype boxes. Then, because everybody has their own uniqueness, become angry because they don't fit in boxes we expect or society says they should be in. I was beaten up every day after school by black girls who hated me for what they perceived my ancestors did, never knowing my true ancestors' history. Every man I've been with All of them, black men, betrayed me, abused me, used me, violated my trust. I never saw them as black men, but my man, my lover, 
my husband. It was just I had an open mind not to ever see color as a factor. Love ever saw. I've had white people over the years ask me, why do I continue to remain in the black community, supporting them, helping them, fighting for them, when I've been treated so harshly at times? My answer always is, there is good and bad in every race. I blame the individuals, not the entire race. Just as I've had to find love for myself and healing from the negatives and hate that has been directed at me all my life, because of what I stand for, we must all find that healing and love across this nation. So I apologize from the bottom of my heart for my shortcomings. And my own personal negatives. I continue to strive for excellence and learning from my mistakes. So allow this to be the catalyst for healing, empowerment, respect, love, compassion, and forgiveness. We are all imperfect creatures needing Jesus' blood to cleanse our transgressions away. Yes, evil men use the Bible and Christianity in evil ways, just as now some use the Koran and the Muslim faith for evil. Satan knows the holy books. He knows how to distort and lie. Let us not buy into various religions or people are evil, but it is Satan that is our enemy who looks to divide and conquer the entire human race. Let's look to the future with a common love and unity as the human race. Blessings and much love to all. I'm sorry. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Thank you so much, sweetheart. That was a great read, honey. Thank you. Do you want me to do the second piece? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, So the second piece is called I Am. Poetry flows through my veins, ink pumping through my heart as it flows onto the papayas. I'm the melody that vibrates through the night. You will find me walking upon the rays of the moon. The stars are my children as they sparkle, guiding through the night. I am that tune that vibrates your soul. My essence is poetry as it bleeds across the universe, empowering. I am the power and might that sings through your soul, speaking the poetic truth. Words, phrases, similes, nouns, adjectives, metaphors vibrate through my spiritual aura as a beacon of truth and light. More powerful than the sword, they cut through the lies, bringing the slashing of evil to its core. I am the queen angel that heals and empowers. 
Men are mesmerized and enchanted by the flow of my sensuous wordplay, exquisite erotica that leaves them lusting after my peachy goddess. I am poetry that the Most High poured into my very soul from birth. No matter how you may try, you will never dry up my ink or silence my voice. My pen's ink shall flow forever with the empowerment bestowed upon me by my father. There truly is nothing you can do about my poetic stream of the vocabulary. But sit back and enjoy. Listen to the wisdom, find empowerment within it. I am poetry. My name is Amelia T. Davis, the poetical angel queen. My pen is regal and enchanted, for poetry is my true name. Hold my hands as I flow. The universe is my home. Time and space cannot hold me, for my words are Far too powerful. I am poetry. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, aka Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Both beautiful reads, Amelia. Thank you so much, sweetheart. You're most welcome. Much love and blessings. And uh, you can find me on Facebook under Poetical Angel Queen or Amelia T. Davis, although I'm pretty much at my max on all my pages. I also have a um, Facebook like page under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, or you can find me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People, or you can find me here most of the time on Thursday nights with Nyla. Much love, darling, and thank you for um, supporting me and keeping me in your thoughts and always loving and caring about me. You're very welcome, sweetheart, your family. (laughs) You don't know how much I appreciate that. With that said, next poet up. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Yes, ma'am. Bye, hon. All right. Our next caller. Ah, we get her back. Area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Mama. I'm glad you found yeah. your way back. Yeah, I thought it was a replay because this, one of the stories that you shared, I said, wait a minute. About the draft. I said, wait a minute. I've told <laughs> that, that story. story before. I have. Seriously, okay. don't sit there. The draft will get you. And I would be so right. scared of that. The draft is something evil. Don't yeah. sit there. The draft <laughs> will get you. The draft will come yeah. under the door and get you, is what she would say. The draft's going to come under the door and get you. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. Yeah, I remember the story. Wait a minute. Is this a replay? No. Then I texted and said, no, so I came back. But the name of this piece I'm going to do is called Better Off. Okay. Better Off. I don't want to sit up. I don't want to lie down. I don't want to play. I don't want to work. I don't want to create. And I don't want to be idle. I don't want to sing, don't want to dance, don't want to talk, and I don't want to listen. 
don't want to know, don't want to think, don't want to die, don't want to live, don't want to cry, don't want to be enthused, enlightened, or moved, don't want to be left alone, and I don't want company. I can't take this state of mind to the hereafter and expect heaven's bliss or an angel's kiss if I don't deserve to go there. Can't take this goddess mind to Gahina's abyss. Don't even want to go there. Stuck in this human flesh is a tormented soul. Waiting to want change. Waiting to feel, think, and know joy again. Waiting to want to remember. Wanting to be better off. Better off. Better off. Better off the bottom line. To be better off is all that matters. It mattered when I had choices that mattered, I want all good things to matter again or nothing will. In peace. Fantastic, Mama. Thank you. I am so glad you called back in. I saw that I lost your number and it was like, no. (laughs) That's why I don't know if you were listening. That's why I said, okay, we're watching for Mama. We're watching for Mama. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, that's better off, and um, that's that's my contribution for today. Did you want to read too, Mama? Um, I could find another one really quick if you don't have a lot of people. Um, yeah, you get to read too. Okay, I'll read. I I know where God is at. I've done this one for you before. It's not a replay, y'all. This is me doing this for the second time. (laughs) I know where God is at. And it's not behind that preposition. I roar while they be clucking. I stand, no crawling, marching forward, no stalling, speaking of it, teaching, no preaching. I grab it, no reaching. Serving it raw, no preservatives. Ain't giving Caesar nothing at all. All the glory goes to the all. God is my staff and my rod. He is my pillar and my rock. He removes the obstacles that block. Keeps my mind open. And my vulnerable parts blocked. He opens my heart when I needed it. Keeps me protected. Under lock. What I lack, he's got my back. For me, he's always up to bat. I'm standing on his foundation. I see premonitions with my internal eye. Sometimes I sit and cry, yet I face the future with bravery. I carry the DNA of slavery. From that, he did deliver me. I have a built-in sensory, pale the unsavory, thick with wit, never dense, 
always thankful for my God-given sense. No boasting. Just facts. Behind this English preposition, I know where God is at. Bars for God in peace. That was awesome. Put some really good pieces tonight on faith. You're very welcome. Are you okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell everyone how to find you, my sweet mama. One place you can find me is on Poetry Soup. I'm a um, lifetime member, poetrysoup.com. The next place you can find me is um, Library of My Poems on Facebook, Library of My Poems. And you can always find me on Thursdays with Nyla. Indeed, you can. All right, Mama, I love you so much. Both great reads tonight. I'm really glad that you messaged me and took the time to call back in. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Okay, baby, always. Always. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. We'll talk to you in a little bit, sweetheart. Okay. Thanks, Mama. All right. Our next caller, let me mark that one. Comes from area code five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Uh oh. Let's try this again. Five eight five. Can you hear me? I think I broke it. All right, try it one more time. Five eight five. Are you with me? Yes, we're unmuted now. Oh, hey, sweetie. I can't hear you. I thought maybe you didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> when do oh, I not want to talk to you? Well, hopefully the times that I can't make it, then I don't have to feel bad about it. <laughs> no, feel bad. So, in fact, I'm in fact, feel worse. <laughs> Good stuff playing tonight. Nice stuff by Mama. I, that's, I just came in, and uh, so I'm glad I was in catch what I caught right there. Um, so I've been jotting some things down. I guess we could still say that these are unfinished because um, I don't know that I've read them aloud more than one time. So let's see. I have a thing called death calling. Hey, are you going to introduce yourself to everybody? Or do you think the rules don't apply yes, to I you, should. buddy? Yes, I should. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm special, but because you recognize who I am, I don't care, right? No, I'm mm-hmm. Judge Curry, and I'm glad to be here, and um, and I'll give you all okay. the up when we get done. So, death calling. Be ye tamed to release a beautiful spirit or leaves of vulgarity that has worn you like run-down shoes or a weather-beaten hat. I have come to set you free. You are done. Empty now to cave in on yourself, rot, carrion to feed the vermin, enrich the soil. No longer home to a dream nor target of enmity. Once broken, once broke bones and old scars are perfect now. Through the lips that once sang songs, uttered cries, told lies. Noxious gases and fluids, most foul inhabit you who cannot taste, smell, care, or know. 
Your existence will will now be that of hairs on the wind, skin hardening in the ground, nourishing all those things you inhabit, the grease and paint, the bitterness and coffee. Always of, always of all the elements ever in demand, you may not take this form again, or you may, in another year, another century, another galaxy. Then one day, whenever, wherever, I will call again. Death call. Wow. That was incredible, honey. Get on that. <laughs> I'm I'm working on incredible. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fun when it's fun when you write something and you know I mean, I thought that that was incredible. But it's fun knowing that it's still in your head and it's still being turned over and you know that it's fresh and it's something that's that you're going to evolve and hone. And you know, I love I love doing that. You know, I love seeing yeah, I what things grow into and change into, and and yeah, knowing that you're coming back to it, and until you come mm-hmm. back to it one time, say, huh? Hey, like finally did that one time on good time. He, you know, he went to the mirror and started combing his and then just shrugged his shoulders. <laughs> so sometimes a poem can be like that. You keep coming back to it, and then one day you come back to it and look at it and say, yeah, it's good. <laughs> so it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So. <laughs> uh, another poem change. It's a loser any way you look at it, no matter. It jingles. A quarter and two dimes. A quarter, a dime, and two nickels. Four dimes and a nickel. Five nickels and two dimes. Seven nickels and a dime. Nine nickels. Put 45 pennies. 45 cents. In a 50 cent world. Time to change. Change. Love it. I absolutely love your work. I always have. I'm just having fun with it. Trying to see if I can make sense to anybody but me. And it's not a well. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I just I enjoy you. I enjoy what you bring. I, you know, the day that you called in the first time and I got to hear you. I you know you you've been my poetry crush ever since. So uh, just know I appreciate you. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I do appreciate you, and I, and you know I, I I know we all say so every week, but we need to say so all the time. We appreciate you being here and providing this forum for everybody. And I'm really kind of thankful for all the people that I've gotten to hear and, and actually meet through your show uh, that otherwise I may or may not have. Uh, so this is a good place to be. You've been very consistent mm-hmm. for a long time, and so I'm glad to be a part when I can be a part. Uh, Get my name is Doug and I can be found using my name on Facebook. I can be found under the name of my radio show which is Blacks and Blues. I can find that on Facebook. Uh, Blacks and Blues airs on uh, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time at WRUR.org. It airs at 10 o'clock Central Time on Saturday night out of Chicago at WBCB.org. And I can also be found on uh, 
allpoetry.com under the name of Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. And that's at uh, allpoetry.com. And, of course, here, uh, every time I can get here, Thursday night. Well, we appreciate it when you're here. And we know that you've got a life and you can't be here every week, but just know that even on the weeks that you're not here, there's still a place set at the table for you. Okay, Doug? All right, sweetheart. Good to be here. You're welcome, baby. We'll talk to you next week if you can be here. Please try hard. Okay. Bye. All right. You guys are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I've got a couple tracks that I want to play for you real quick while I take care of a tech message here. Um you know, they always want something, right? I've got some new tracks that you guys have not heard before. I also want to let area code 407 know that I still see you. So 407, if you decide you want to come on, um, let just press one, let me know. We'll bring you on. This one uh, is a piece, called, uh, piece by Shay Alexi, and it's called Song of the Pretty Bird. That's very cool. Here you go. Hopefully this will play. There we go. The Song of the Pretty Bird. I've lived 20 pretty bird years of this great big pretty bird life, and I think I pretty, pretty, pretty bird, bird, pretty much know what I'm talking about. People like to poke fun at my pretty bird, pretty preening, at my pretty, pretty bird, pretty feathers, but look at my long, clean coat, at my pretty, pretty bird, pretty pink legs. When pigeon men track me cross sky highway, they're happy to trace hungry orange eyes between my pretty, pretty bird, bird feathers. Too busy fantasizing, pretty bird, wet dream, swollen chest, fluff fest, to pretty poke bird fun. To pretty poke fun bird. To pretty bird, bird, pretty bird, bird, pretty bird, bird, pretty, 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 too busy fantasizing to poke fun at permanently preening pretty bird. My vanity's insanity, unless it helps get you off. What a treat, hosting eyes between my thighs. He'll spend equal time begging to share bed with me, condemning mediocrity. How does one achieve complexity when all she was ever taught to be was basic? Pigeon man wants pretty bird to pretty bird. Until pretty bird fulfills ideas of prettiness, then she's too pretty, pretty bird, bird, paralyzing and preen. Look at my long, clean coat, at my pretty, pretty bird, pretty pink legs, track me cross sky highway, take a picture, I beg you, take a picture, pretty bird, pretty bird, my left side is my best side, I have a best side, I have a better half, I am a half, pretty because I want a pretty bird, bird, grew up on a diet of breadcrumbs, catalog clippings, and sidewalk cracks, how did you expect anything else, pretty sure I know what I'm talking about, pretty sure. Pretty sure, maybe not. Sorry, 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 sorry. Can I ask a question? Question? Sorry, sorry. May I? May I? Pretty bird used to sing. Baby bird used to sing. Baby bird was pretty bird before pretty bird learned to pretty. And baby bird could compose whole symphonies, acute intricacies, melodies, capturing vast seas of poetry. But the reviews came in, and they preferred apology. So she shrank. Learn to make yourself small enough to nearly fit back in her eggshell to tiptoe on top eggshells. Expand and fly just long enough for fishermen to track her cross sky highway. But still, she sang too loud, so they cage her up for a pretty, pretty bird bird, long, clean coat for her pretty, pretty bird, pretty pink legs. And they said, sing, pretty lady, sing. But I forgot how, so I said, pretty 
pretty bird, bird, look at my long, clean coat, at my pretty, pretty bird, pretty pink legs. But they were bored of me. The worst thing about being naked and then being hit by a car <laughs> is that road rash is a problem for skin. Why was I naked in the middle of the road at noon? I'm glad you asked, imaginary other half of this conversation. I have no idea. Some characteristics of bipolar disorder include dissociation, hallucinations, and fugue states, though sometimes I wake up in places I didn't go to sleep. So, there I am, nude, splayed out on a car like a slutty chicken, screaming about the government conspiracy to take away my feet. Not my real feet, just my brain feet. I'm about six inches away from the concrete when I realize, in slow motion, like the exact opposite of a rhinoceros attack, this was not how I imagined my life would turn out. When I was little, I broke both my ankles jumping off a roof because I was sure a cape would enable me to fly. My parents attributed this to my strong imagination. Last year, my therapist called it a delusion. I failed to see the difference. Also, I really can fly and see the future and make stupid people leave coffee shops with my mind. 43% of the time. Sometimes I see people as colors. This guy right here is purple, which means he just got a promotion. Or a blowjob. A blow motion, if you will. The point is... The point is, here's a list of things that my brain has told me to do. Join a cult, start a cult, become a cabinet maker, kill myself, so in essence, become a cabinet maker, break into, and then paint other people's houses, have sex with literally everyone who reminds me of my mother, fight people who are much fightier than me, like the cops, so in essence, kill myself. I think a lot about killing myself, not like a point on a map, but rather like a glowing exit sign to show that's never been quite bad enough to make me want to leave. See, when I'm up, I don't kill myself because, holy shit, there is so much left to do. And when I'm down, I don't kill myself because then the sadness would be over. And the sadness is my old paint under the new. The sadness is the house fire or the broken shoulder. I'd still be me without it, but I'd be so boring. They keep telling me that seeing things that aren't technically there is called disturbed cognitive functioning. I call it having a superpower. Once, I pulled over on the 110 freeway and jumped out of my old Jeep because I saw it burst into flames 20 seconds before it actually burst into flames. I knew my girlfriend and I would be together because she turned bright pink the first time she saw me. I know tomorrow is going to come because I've seen it. Sunrise is going to come. All you have to do is wake up. The future has been at war, but it's coming home so soon. The future looks like a child in a cape. The future is the map and the treasure. The future looks just like gravity. Everyone is slowly drifting toward everyone else. We are all going to be part of each other one day. The future is a blue sky and a full tank of gas. I saw the future. I did. And in it, I was alive. Neo. Okay. So it looks like we are having some issues with the lines. Um, we are going to play a couple more tracks. I'm really glad we have some new ones here and uh, some I'm really excited to bring you. So the next track that I am going to play for you dun, 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 
is called Little Clay Things. And this is Jay. Can you love someone you only met in passing? That is the first thing I think when someone asks me if I love myself. The second, if you don't know who you are, you will become who others tell you to be. Maybe that is how I became this supernatural shapeshifter, this transformer, this clay thing. Why, when you poked my stomach, I shed it. Peeled my skin back from the flesh so you would think me more vibrant, lifted my cheeks into permanent smile. Clay thing. Only know how to be molded. Open ourselves up to anyone's craftsmanship so that we may bend or be beaten into something more beautiful. And I'll believe that every blow from you is beating me into something more beautiful and that the pain is only from growing. This clay has never known a gentle hand. Only many iterations of the same sculpture. Maybe one day one will stick. Maybe I'll be made pot or bowl or something else you can dump your insecurities into. Maybe I'll be made mantelpiece, something you never really look at but make sure to show off to visitors, or make me paperweight. I've already spent a lifetime holding flimsy things down, or a tablet, because even the earliest of writers view this clay as blank slate, as empty, waiting to be given meaning. And I realize now that I haven't been mad at you but myself for bending, for skipping that meal because you told me to, for trying to match my interests with yours when you forgot to ask what mine were, for letting your friends call me ugly and still holding your hand as you said nothing, for becoming mute and smaller to make more room for you. I am mad at myself for still using the pronoun you as if saying your name, Justin, will make me shrink again. As if saying your name, Daniel, will make me cry again. Sean, Chris, Caitlin, you will not manipulate this body again. And even then, I was going to say fake names there, but fuck it. Isaac, Jacob, one You do not have to be malleable to be worth something. You could be the brick that builds the house that stands the tallest, no matter how hard they try to knock you down. You could be the brick that falls or is thrown on their head. You could be the brick that accidentally breaks their car window. Just choose wisely, because one day you will no longer be malleable. You will no longer break your limbs to fit into a given mold, and you will say fuck anyone who asks you to, because the thing about clay things is that eventually we harden. The worst thing about being naked and then being hit by a car <laughs> is that road rash is a problem for skin. Why was I naked in the middle of the road at noon? I'm glad you asked, imaginary other half of this conversation. I have no idea. Some characteristics of bipolar disorder include dissociation, hallucinations, and fugue states, though sometimes I wake up in places I didn't go to sleep. So, there I am, nude, splayed out on a car like a slutty chicken, screaming about the government conspiracy to take away my feet. Not my real feet, just my brain feet. I'm about six inches away from the concrete when I realize, in slow motion, like the exact opposite of a rhinoceros attack, this 
was not how I imagined my life would turn out. When I was little, I broke both my ankles jumping off a roof because I was sure a cape would enable me to fly. My parents attributed this to my strong imagination. Last year, my therapist called it a delusion. I failed to see the difference. Also, I really can fly and see the future and make stupid people leave coffee shops with my mind. 43% of the time. Sometimes I see people as colors. This guy right here is purple, which means he just got a promotion. Or a blowjob. A blow motion, if you will. The point is, the point is, here's a list of things that my brain has told me to do. Join a cult, start a cult, become a cabinet maker, kill myself. So, in essence, become a cabinet maker. Break into and then paint other people's houses. Have sex with literally everyone who reminds me of my mother. Fight people who are much fightier than me. Like the cops. So, in essence, kill myself. I think a lot about killing myself. Not like a point on a map, but rather like a glowing exit sign to show that's never been quite bad enough to make me want to leave. See, when I'm up, I don't kill myself because, holy shit, there is so much left to do. And when I'm down, I don't kill myself because then the sadness would be over. And the sadness is my old paint under the new. The sadness is the house fire or the broken shoulder. I'd still be me without it, but I'd be so boring. They keep telling me that seeing things that aren't technically there is called disturbed cognitive functioning. I call it having a superpower. Once, I pulled over on the 110 freeway and jumped out of my old Jeep because I saw it burst into flames 20 seconds before it actually burst into flames. I knew my girlfriend and I would be together because she turned bright pink the first time she saw me. I know tomorrow is going to come because I've seen it. Sunrise is going to come. All you have to do is wake up. The future has been at war, but it's coming home so soon. The future looks like a child in a cape. The future is the map and the treasure. The future looks just like gravity. Everyone is slowly drifting toward everyone else. We are all going to be part of each other one day. The future is a blue sky and a full tank of gas. I saw the future. I did. And in it, I was alive. Neo. Dear future generations, I think I speak for the rest of us when I say, sorry. Sorry we left you with our mess of a planet. Sorry that we were too caught up in our own doings to do something. Sorry we listened to people who made excuses to do nothing. I hope you forgive us. We just didn't realize how special the earth was. Like a marriage gone wrong, we didn't know what we had until it was gone. For example, I'm guessing you probably know it as the Amazon Desert, right? Well, believe it or not, it was once called the Amazon Rainforest, and there were billions of trees there, all of them gorgeous, and... Oh, you don't know much about trees, do you? Well, let me tell you, trees are amazing. I mean, we literally breathe the air they are creating. They clean up our pollution, our carbon. They store and purify water, give us medicine that cures our diseases, food that feeds us, which is why I'm so sorry to tell you that we burn them down, cut them down with brutal machines, horrific, at a rate of 40 football fields every minute, that's 50% of all the trees in the world gone in the last 100 years. Why? 
for this. And that wouldn't make me so sad if it weren't so many pictures of leaves on it. You know, when I was a child, I read how the Native Americans had such consideration for the planet that they felt responsible for how they left the land for the next seven generations. Which brings me great sorrow because most of us today don't even care about tomorrow. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry that we put profit above people, greed above need, the rule of gold above the golden rule. I'm sorry we use nature as a credit card with no spending limit, overdrafting animals to extinction, stealing your chance to ever see their uniqueness or become friends with them. Sorry we poison the ocean so much that you can't even swim in them. But most of all, I'm sorry about our mindset because we have the nerve to call this destruction progress. Hey, Fox News, if you don't think climate change is a threat, I dare you to interview the thousands of homeless people in Bangladesh. See, while, while you were in your penthouse nestled, their homes were literally washed away beneath their feet due to rising sea levels. And Sarah Palin, you said that you love the smell of fossil fuels. Well, I urge you to talk to the kids of Beijing who are forced to wear pollution masks just to go to school. See, you can ignore this, but the thing about truth is, it can be denied, not avoided. So I'm sorry, future generations. I'm sorry that our footprint became a sinkhole and not a garden. I'm sorry that we paid so much attention to ISIS and very little to how fast the ice is melting in the Arctic. I'm sorry we doomed you, and I'm sorry we couldn't find another planet in time to move to. I am... You know what? Cut the beat. I'm not sorry. This future, I do not accept it. Because an error does not become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We can redirect this. How? Let me suggest that if a farmer sees a tree that is unhealthy, they don't look at the branches to diagnose it, they look at the root. So like that farmer, we must look at the root, and not to the branches of government, not to the politicians run by corporations. We are the root, we are the foundation, this generation. It is up to us to take care of this planet. It is our only home. We must globally warm our hearts and change the climate of our souls and realize that we are not apart from nature, we are a part of nature. And to betray nature is to betray us. To save nature is to save us. Because whatever you're fighting for, racism or poverty, Feminism, gay rights, or any type of equality, it won't matter in the least. Because if we don't all work together to save the environment, we will be equally extinct. So. eyes on him every morning, 
He is five and a fistful of rocks, light collapsing somewhere beyond his irises. We play with the globe in the basement. It asks him locations of oceans and countries. When he turns away to play basketball, the globe repeats, Can you find Africa? Can you find Africa? Oh, baby, Jamestown. The war tin cups could have brought you down. But your eyes are fellow in all the red meadows. This is what it's come to. These suburbs from Powhatan's factions. All these houses are identical siblings and their cars the telltale birthmarks. This house cluttered with televisions and cleanliness, the cupboard of perfume, a bathroom for every bed in a three-story duplicate mini-manse. My brother's hands are never empty. They penciled his birthday into their checkbooks. I used to sleep on a plastic-wrapped couch when I would visit my biological father in Roxbury Projects when he still lived with his mother. Tonight, he's probably filling the gas tank of his Escalade and thinking about the significance of key. A Dutch ship accidentally landed at Jamestown and traded 20 negars with the English for supplies. The first Africans paying the ultimate cover charge to get into the world's best nightclub. The man half responsible for my birth calls me white girl. He is a black Republican who owns things for a living. His wife, Annie, won't let her 18-year-old son drive her Jaguar through the hood because Baltimore's murder rate is too high, but she owns property there, and someone's got to manage it. One time I watched her yell, Hood rat! Ghetto trash! at a tenant from her throne in the Escalade like she wasn't embarrassed by her real hair, like she didn't used to throw down in Dorchester. become two weeks worth of leftovers if we were in Maryland when the Caribbean woman who works for housekeeping knocks. Annie flung her index finger in the direction of what wasn't vacuumed the day before, offers the woman nothing but orders. That December they spent $1,600 renting a tent for a Christmas party chiseled out of someone else's Bible pages. Montego Bay, Jamaica, my cousin's wedding, Sidewalk men flat-backed on cardboard over a hundred degrees outside. The taxi is air-conditioned. Downtown, the fruit markets are bruised. Overripe. July. Carrington says, These people look like they're getting ready to die. Can you find Africa? I spend the week drinking heavily, staring at an unfamiliar ocean or watching James Bond and wondering if I am guilty. Annie speaks in a Jafakan accent at Miss Ruth, our personal chef who lives on the resort full-time, and tells the old woman, We're black. We like to eat. Oh, I guess you are too. We're African-American. Tells her, We won't take you back to America and have you cook at me house. 300 years back, 
There were black slaveholders nestled in the pockets of the South. No one much likes to talk about it, but they kept property too. call the Escalade bootstrap. He drives me to the airport while juggling two cell phones and pressing 80. Carrington is silent in the back seat, placated by the video screen hanging down. I want to ask about my grandfather, the one who was murdered for four dollars and some change. He was a successful man who drank too much. The scenery flies by and thins out. I am silent. Where the trees go Hey, where's the new
So be strong and proud of the person you are, because with strength and power, the end of these feelings isn't far. You can smile, sing, dance around and live the life you've been deprived of, the life you haven't felt, the life you've lived contemplating an overdose or a belt. The life you've lived where eating has made a living hell, the life you've lived where everything goes wrong, but I promise that one day you can sing the song of courage and bravery and you'll be free from the emotional pain of mental anxiety. Listen to these words to yourself, you must ask. Why am I letting this take over? And then look in the mirror and witness your beauty. And as hard as it seems, you need to smile, it's your duty. And then see your pain as an emotional journey. A bumpy ride that as long as it seems, remember that certainly there'll be a destination waiting for you where you can be happy at last. But please be strong. ever clear and insecurity. She was a crazy bitch. And so, every time my ears ring, I say, thank you. I say, yes. And it's Miss Crazy Bitch to you. Sir Crazy Bitch the Magnificent. Every time my ears ring, I think, look at the moon. What a crazy bitch. The way she never lets the night tell her what to do. Every time my ears ring, I think, today the crazy bitch should go to flight school. Skywrite the names of her abusers above their apartment houses. Demand accountability, as a crazy bitch is wont to do. Every time my ears ring, I think, no, not crazy enough. Because the craziest bitches don't redact names, do they? Guess you're getting lucky this time, but never in the way you wanted. It is Friday night, and I am drilling oil wells into my shins, harvesting the marrow, mailing him a milkshake of my inside. How surprised he will be when it tastes like him, silly boy. Don't you know we crazy bitches have no more room in our closets for skeletons? We carry them within us. I've got bones within my bones, and all of them are rotten with the memory of you. It is Friday night, and I, a crazy bitch, do the craziest, bitchiest thing of all. I forgive him. Again. Even though he does not deserve it. Even though no crazy bitch is required to do such a thing, as no crazy bitch is required to do anything other than what they damn well please, and yet, I, like the moon, nearly drown every night by darkness. Yet I, like the moon, refuse to let him swallow me up. I, like the moon, am a crazy bitch 
perpetually rising in my own hemisphere, even if you can't see me yet. I am bone bursting through bone, bursting through all this neon blood, and I, like a crazy bitch, am winning. Absolutely love that piece. All right, we have a couple more to play tonight if I can't get these lines under control. I am going to try to unmute seven, or excuse me, 419. 419, are you there now? Uh, yes. Hey, how you doing, you sweetheart? Me? I can't hear right, you. Nana, how about you? How about you? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad you were able to get in. Me too. I'm going to do uh, one. Uh, I've done it before, but it's, it's, uh, it's been quite a while. It's called Role Models. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw this young brother. He was wearing a frown. Locked behind bars. He just slid him down. In the corner of his eyes, I could see the tears. He was only 18. The face of 50 years. I asked the young brother, man, what got you unlocked? He said, me and my clique were just hanging on the block. Kicking at you, don't know, looking for a fight. But I ended up killing another man that night. He said he rolled up on us and just started smacking disrespecting our hood, we couldn't let it happen. All of a sudden, I kind of went into a rage, and the next thing I knew, I was blasting my gauge. He said, when the cops came to get me, man, my mama started crying. The thing she was saying made me feel like dying. She said, Lord, I've been trying. I've been trying so long. Tell me. Please tell me where I go wrong. She grabbed me by the shoulders, and she started shaking me like I was having a nightmare. She was trying to wake me, but it wasn't a dream, and they took me away. And this is where I've been ever since that day. Sit all day and all night, man, I go back through it. If I could turn back time, Lord, you know I wouldn't do it. Each night I could see him just before he falls, and I hear the echo of his screams bouncing off these walls. And I can hear the judge saying, you deserve what they gave you. For the life that you took, there's nothing that can save you. Now, the young man was weeping. I could, I could see his tears flowing, and I got choked up from the pain he was showing. And I remember when he used to come and see me, I used to tell him, that he didn't want to be me. He was only 18 and facing 50 years. My son. As I walked away, I could feel my tears. He was only 18 and facing 50 years. And poem. Damn. That was intense. That was incredible. Thank you. Should I tell everyone, should I tell everyone who you are or should you? <laughs> Uh, I'm Melvin. Um, I can be found Douglas on Johnson. Facebook. Melvin Douglas Johnson. I can be found on. <laughs> you can do it better than me. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, Melvin was Melvin Douglas Johnson, Johnson bringing us his amazing poem tonight. Okay, take it from there. <laughs> that was my radio voice. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook and YouTube, indeed. All right, you guys, go find him. Show him some love. Hey, were you going to read two tonight? You can read two still because I'm having issues uh, with the lines. Okay, I can read another one. Hold on real quick here. Okay. All right, this one is called uh, Reparation in Hip-Hop. To all my young hip-hop brothers, it's your turn to confront this beast that smothers us. With your lyrics of protest, contest the rape of your people. Evil, my young brother, say it loud. 
We light the torch if I'm black and I'm proud. Equal, my young brothers, accept no less. Bless your ancestors with your own freedom song. Hip-hop, how they've been done wrong. Hip-hop, how they made it right. Hip-hop, how into the night. Harry Tubman led the plight of black folk wanting to be free. Equal, my young brothers, let your voices sing. Uh, Rosa Parks, Sojourner Truth, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King. Hip-hop, how from behind bars, the scars of colonization cried out for emancipation. And Mandela said, let my people go. Equal, my young brothers, show the world that that our conviction of never again is eternal, that the inferno of our past is like dust cast into the ocean, like like that that Marcus Garvey wanted to lead us across. Cross your heart and hope to die, that you will, I'm sorry, that you will not deny your sisters they deserve, for they are your mothers and the mothers of your son, like Angela Davis who tried to save us with her panther walk. Talk like Maya Angelou. Let the world know that you know what's going down, that you have been down and rose like the phoenix to the apex. To all my young hip-hop brothers, it's your turn to confront the beast that smothers us with your lyrics of protest, always remembering that action speaks louder than words. End poem. Actions speak louder than words, and indeed they do. Yes. But, you know, since you're a writer, who can resist the words? (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic job, sweetheart. I am so glad you were able to get in tonight and share. It is so awesome having you here every time you can make it. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, And thank you. You're very welcome. Tell everyone how they can find you again, please. Okay, you can find me under Melvin Douglas Johnson on Facebook or and YouTube. That's Melvin D. Melvin D. Johnson on Facebook. If you're going to look him up, Melvin D. Johnson is his Facebook page. Just saying. Come make sure they can find you. <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you next week. Fantastic job tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to make it. Me too. Always me too. I hold my breath. Sometimes I get very blue, but then you come and finally get here and then I can breathe again. (laughs) Okay, right. (laughs) Bye, sweetheart. (laughs) I so love that man. You guys, I cannot even tell you. All right. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Vic. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. You all did a fantastic job, both callers, listeners. Glad you were here. We appreciate you so much calling in, listening to our little ramblings. Again, if you did not get all the uh, assignments and writing prompts and all that good stuff that I gave at the beginning of the show, after the show's end, you can come back and listen to the archives as you can any of the past shows over the last bazillion years and get your writing prompts and everything like that. If you're ever stuck in a place and, and need some a direction to go, you can get those from the archive shows for about the first 15 minutes of the show. You can grab those off there. Can't wait to see what you bring here next week. Go out, have some fun. The weather's changing. It's not so slushy, not so cold. And uh, find some inspiration. Going to close the show with a piece by Mr. Eddie Oliver. He is like honey, warm honey going down black velvet. 
just smooth, smooth man. Amazing. Find him on YouTube. Google him. Eddie Oliver, poet, spoken word performer, actor, playwright. Check him out. Here we go. Good night, everybody. Beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it it be the first chapter. I call it life. Beautiful as it is, and in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just just hoping. Nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of. Every day, every day life, life. <laughs> yeah. I saw her sitting in a little coffee shop, just sipping, writing. To the naked eye, doing nothing exciting, man. She was just sipping, writing. But it was something about her, something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder, just sipping, writing. What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and, and she finally noticed me, and, and she smiled. So beautiful it was, like like looking at the river now, because cause so beautiful she was. So so I smiled. She went back to writing. Doing nothing exciting, man, and, and, and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire. To a chair, two tables down. Quiet without a hint of a sound, I just sat there sipping, gazing, admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her her smile was so intoxicating. Her her eyes were so engaging. The, the ten second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight free basin. I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places. Turning off our cell phones while, while we took long vacations in, in hard-to-reach nations. Made me wonder, who was this lady? It kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation. Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, like, like dang. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? Latte sipping. Coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. I wonder, I ponder, does she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get to know you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some park walking. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sips on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like, like she wants to sing, like she's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. 
I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me that she was kissing? See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting that you don't stand alone. Just just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life. on a white sandy beach making love surrounded by palm trees I worship you because you made me believe that that God that God said that you and I are you and I were meant to be you are so heavenly I can't help but believe that that God sent you to me because you put me at peace and and to him I am forever grateful I know sometimes baby that I can be a handful and for that I apologize melt me with those maple brown eyes but you handle me like, like the way trees slow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I, I can't help but be in love with you, because you make it so easy. Sleep with me, dream with me, to a far off place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us. Caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust. As I look down and see you beneath me, looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down, making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride. I, I love you. I love, I love the feel of your thigh. Where your flesh feels against my flesh, the way your chest feels against my chest. The way we pause, we take deep breaths, deep, deep, deep breaths. The thought of knowing that you are mine makes me lose all track of time. So we end up making love for hours just, just because there's nothing else to do. It's just you on top of me and me on top of you. With the sweetest smell of romance in the room, I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume because I want the smell of you with, with me all day. Just one whiff, just one sniff takes my breath away. Got me finding, got me finding, got me fiending, got me fiending, got me fiending to see you on the next day. The exact same way. Me looking down at you and you staring up at me. I can't think of a better position for us to be, so just love me. And if you feel it in your heart, girl, you're just married with the thought of knowing that. This is what God always wanted us to be. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning is the alpha. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you don't stand alone, man. Just... Just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life, life, life. You see this? This be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture, just longing, longing for her, missing her, her heavenly touch oh so very much, like I didn't just see her on Sunday, yet I 
find myself daydreaming about her. I find myself daydreaming about her all day, all day on Monday. Daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend to no end. It just got me longing. Daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss. I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed and I can't help but reminisce. I pick it up and pull it close to me. Close my eyes, take a deep breath and I can smell her scent. Reminding me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making. The smell is something out of a, a bath and body works and the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees as I shake my head like, like I'm about to repent. It's just the smell of moonlight path reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour-long bubble bath or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all, since she's been gone and, and already, man, already I can't stand it. I'm just longing, longing for her. I'm fine. I'm fiending. I'm fine. I'm fiending for her love like an addict addicted to a drug. She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all. <laughs> I got to have it like that Spike Lee joint. Y'all, I need it. You see, I, I need it, y'all. I, I need it in the worst way. Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean. Look, look at me, y'all. She, she got me shaking. She got me shaking just thinking about the crazy love making I'm going through withdrawal from the lack of it all, from the lack of her kiss, from the lack of her touch, from the lack of her love that I miss oh so much. And she just left this homeboy alone like, like yesterday. You see, this be my Monday morning blues. I'm going to be this way until the weekend rolls back around. Just fine. Just feeling just fiending, y'all. I'm gonna be this way until her, until I hear the sound of her walking through my door. I'm gonna be this way until Friday. Just fine. Just, just fiending. Let me do this dance all over again. We're gonna do this romance again. All freaking weekend. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep the pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. See Proverbs 18.22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that, that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, <laughs> that I, Eddie L. Oliver, oh man, I have found a wife. So what I can trust Someone I can love. Someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her. Someone that I vow to cherish. Someone that I, I vow to protect with my very last breath until death. Until death. Until death. Until death, y'all. Until death do us apart. You see, she? Ah, uh, she and only she with, with all her beauty and her brains and her amazing smile. Man, she. Ah, uh, yes, she. She was the one who was good enough to capture my heart. When I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for, for my heart to be captured. When I, 
But I didn't even know, y'all, that, that love existed when I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She she captured my heart, and I say to you that somehow, some way, somewhere, y'all, are we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through, through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all, somehow, uh, some way, man, we, we, we found each other. Like two ships lost in the night. Like like two people lost in the wilderness, like like two people stranded at sea, you see, we oh man, we found each other. Like in John 925, man, all I know is once I was blind, but now I see. Now I can see what love truly is. Now I can see what, what love must must look like, and it's a beautiful thing, y'all. Cause now my eyes are wide open. Now I know. Now I know that, that he who finds a wife. Surely, surely, surely found a good thing. So I'm here to say, y'all, that I have surely found me a good thing. <laughs> you see, it's it's beautiful in the beginning. Yo, beginning be the alpha, as it is written. It be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of every day life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful in the beginning. 